Super Senpai Podcast. of the Super Senpai Podcast Super Turbo Edition, where uh, uh, Pat and I get together and we talk not about tokusatsu, but instead about video games and things that we've been playing. Uh, Pat, welcome back to the show. It's great to be back with you, my friend. I say this every time, but I really do miss it. I know. <laughs> I lo- our, our lives are so chaotic, but it's always so good to get together and talk yeah. with you, my brother. D- doing um, a lot of uh, voiceless or micless monster hunter. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we have been hunting in silence, uh, crouching through the brush and hunting uh, terrifying beasts, keeping you all safe. But <laughs> we are emerging once again this week to talk about a different kind of monstrous beast. Uh, we'll be uh, reviewing and generally discussing Elden Ring today, a little indie title a couple people may have played. We're going to try to shine a light on it, you know, maybe maybe get a little bit of buzz. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't fly under the radar. (laughs) Uh, Totally not something that the uh, entire internet was talking about all of March and April. No, no. no, Of course not. No. uh, Look, once this episode drops, check Steam charts and you'll see (laughs) that that we... (laughs) It got the the SSPST boost, right? Patented. (laughs) But uh, talking games in general, what what you've been playing? What you've been up to? Um, DLC for Monster Hunter finally came out, or the big expansion. Yeah, Sunbreak. Sunbreak. So mostly that. Um, I finally got my Steam Deck. So, Ooh, uh, okay. cracked that baby open yesterday and started updating it, and it immediately died. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I, I the, could not. It could not boot. Thankfully, people have had this experience, and I just had to go on and uh, uh, re-image the machine. Very consumer friendly. Something I was able to do well, that's with good. a guide, but. And then after some finagling and restarting, it seems like it's been good. Um, so it, it's it's like a droid, right? Like it's gonna break and spark sometimes, but you just kind of you, you wiggle a wrench in there, and then it beat boost back. I, to life. I, well, I mean, after the after the, it's only it's been less than twenty four hours, really. So I can't say for sure, but so far the experience has been all right. Like there was a scary thing where because <laughs> I went and just like. <laughs> I feel like this is the case maybe with most people is who, who get there is this like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and install like everything now. Um, <clears throat> so I just like queued up a bunch of installs and there was some moments where it was like, ah, oh, the clean, the clean, what am I trying to say? The cloud uh, save data isn't going through, but I think it's just because the game hadn't launched. It wasn't finished downloading. Mm. There's just little weird hiccups here and there, but playing on it has been solid um so <laughs> also also installed monster hunter on there <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm sick you got a very, you got a handheld in each hand you're hunting how i'm very many, sick <laughs> how many monsters are you hunting at oh, once my friend yeah. no um so i guess the big question right like for me obviously hmm. the switch was such a revelation because like oh my god i can 
I can play games mm-hmm. in bed. Like I can I can snuggle my wife and play games. Mm. Wow. Okay. Uh, it, it does does the Steam Deck I guess deliver on the promise of the Switch, but with the library, like the Steam library, like does it bridge that gap? That's the big question for me. Um, so far, I would say yes. And to to use Monster wow. Hunter is the it's not it's not one hundred percent perfect to be to be honest or to be clear. Uh, because there are some titles that are, it says that, hey, I don't know if this is going to work on here. You can try it. Sure, um, sure. So but I mean, the ones that I'm most interested in, they seem like they're going to be fine. Um, but mm. like, I guess the short note on that is that my goal or one of my problems is I can't play first person first person games generally, or I have issues with that. Sure. Um, and so I my priority and my number one thing was to finally finish Resident Evil 7. Um, played that for mm. maybe an hour and a half this morning, and I was uh, terrible. It's a great way to start your morning. <laughs> like, after after <laughs> not playing it for a year, and, be, and uh, where am I going again? Oh, God, there's some goop monsters coming out. Oh, oh no. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I, I Wait, I shouldn't kill him. I gotta run. I just gotta run. Don't waste your ammo. Run, 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 run. Like... <laughs> Um, a, a nice start to the yeah, morning, right? Who needs no, coffee? No, you that, that, that woke me up real good. <laughs> uh, but uh, but to I guess directly compare Monster Hunter because I would say, out of convenience, I have you know two hundred plus hours of Rise on the Switch, and that is, uh, it's it's largely out of convenience because I don't usually sit at my desk. If I'm sitting at my desk, I'm working on something. Um, Right. Exactly. So I'm expecting that I don't know if it'll it'll compare um, because the file it's not cross saves or anything. So there's kind of like I'm kind of doing the minimum that I need to do to get the build that I like using on the Switch version. <laughs> so there's mm. there's some retreading that I'm like, yep, skip this. I don't care. Don't do that. Just go here, grab the thing. Uh, I just want to build right. my gosh, like sixty, getting that sixty because it's thirty frames per second on the uh, Switch. For the most part, I'm like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Like, I'm, I'm okay. I've accepted this. It's the Switch. It's, it was came out in 2017 at this point. Uh, yeah, you just kind of make your peace with the performance element, especially in right. Mode. But then uh, the the Steam Deck putting getting that 60 on handheld is like, oh, oh, it's such a so nice. It's so nice, and the screen is for better or worse. The screen is massive, like. Mm. Uh, I, I'll send you like a comparison pic of them next to each other because I use a Switch Lite most of the time, um, and it's it's kind of absurd how big it is. <laughs> like it's a, a whole, it's like the size of my forearm, like from from the oh the base of my palm to my elbow. Like that's that's how long oh this unit is. It's, it's, it's a size. Of yeah. Life. It's, Really? It is. It is a, a weird one here. I'll, I'll go ahead and take a picture now, since they're like kind of yeah. next to each other. Now, but. one comment that I had seen online when they first dropped in, like one of those, like it was like a few days after yeah. it came out, was that the fans were very loud. Is that the case? Um, Have you, I haven't or no? It hasn't been that bad for me yet, but I mean, I'm not doing anything particularly taxing with it yet, so. Okay. I don't know, but I mean, if you're running, if you're running Rise, I mean, that's Monster Hunter Rise. I, you know, it, certainly it's not the the best looking game ever made or whatever, but it's a, this it's it's a looker. Like it looks great, and so if it can handle that at 60 FPS without making too much of a fuss, that's I would 
That's a pretty good benchmark, yeah. right? I mean, oh, it's yeah. not a not a bad looking game at all. Right, and uh, yeah, I haven't gotten into okay. any of like the crazier fights with a ton of par- like a ton of particles and stuff. But yeah, it's it sure. seems it seems really solid. Um, I definitely want to put more time into it. I wish the I kind of wish it came before the holiday because then I could have really like just right. Yeah, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, the nice thing is, but it's good to hear that except for the part where it died. It's yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Since then, it's been fine. Um, and then everything, all the saves and stuff are on the cloud, so it's kind of like it, it, it's. I'm a little less worried about if I have to flash it again, which could happen. Correct. Um, but that does feel like a minus against it because if you know, I would say that I'm you know experienced user. I can I you know I was able to find a guide, but I'm, I'm not like I'm familiar with having to re-image a device uh Correct, a, yeah. maybe a regular I, I don't i don't know how to gauge this now but i would say let's say like a, a really uh somebody who wanted this to replace their pc experience um and had no experience with re-imaging or where to start like by you know googling how to fix this right. stuff like i would i wonder how rough that experience would be for them you know like yeah, I would imagine, I mean, I'm just going off the top, that people like ourselves who have been doing PC gaming for some time, we know, you know, I'm not going to build your PC necessarily, but I can get in and replace components, upgrades, do all that stuff manually. Again, we're used to doing those kinds of right. things. The Switch was uh, an interesting diversion. It would be nice to have a PC that could do the same thing. But if you're, I think a lot of people who would be running into what you're talking about, or maybe people who are switch owners primarily or console gamers primarily who haven't made the jump to PC. And they're like, well, I hear great things about steam and all the deals you can get, you know, let me try a wider library with better prices. That individual who's used to, you know, consoles, one of the great things about them, it's, you know, it's plug and play. You don't have to do that much to it. So having to run into something like that, I would imagine would be, a substantial challenge um i mean we live in an age of you know just google it just youtube it but um it's got to be frustrating i would think when you're used to for better or worse technology that generally just does what it's supposed to do and then pc gaming you just kind of know well if i start tinkering or if something happens like i, I gotta get in there and do some work right. myself it just comes with the territory so that's hmm I, I, it would probably be pretty disappointing for them but again pc first gamers probably wouldn't be that put off right right so i wonder at what point will it be like truly replace that experience right i bet in an iteration or two it will be much improved i think i and i i love this thing like just just turning it on and fiddling with it and even like navigating the menus and installing stuff just feels really nice so i'm hoping Mm. i'm hoping it does well you know i would want it to do well i would want more people to get their hands on it and hopefully have good experiences with it because then if that if that improves then it's like it is it's crazy how big this thing is though <laughs> it's so big <laughs> i'm looking at it right now and i'm just like what is what are you i mean the <laughs> um for me the hearing that it generally works mm. well and isn't that loud that's really the key for me because i have a lot of like yourself if, if i'm at the if i'm at my computer i'm probably working mm. Or I'm doing something that is tedious, mm. or I'm I do a lot of multiplayer gaming at my PC. Like this is where I get on, you know, or if we're doing group watches in the Discord or something like anything with other mm-hmm. people 
that's usually PC, but it's like when it's time to do a single player thing, I'd rather be sitting next to my wife, you know, in bed or on the couch, comfortable, you know, just kind of relaxing. So there's a lot of sort of single player focused games that I would much prefer to play not seated at my workstation essentially and so the steam would be a, the, the steam deck sounds as long as it's working well for you it sounds like a good way for that to happen so my interest is peaked sir yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping you can like just try one out because i'm thinking of like the way the, the experience that i'm describing is not the person who pre-ordered it months ago but the person who sees it at a best buy or a target at some point and like oh i'll grab this right connected right. and all that right like the the that person i would <laughs> imagine be pretty upset if they got to that point and they took it home and yeah it's bricked already or it bricks on an update or something because that's what it, it for a moment i'm like really like i waited this long it's in my hands <laughs> and what what is what's happened <laughs> like what do i what do <laughs> i need to do to start playing monster hunter and resident evil on this please like um yeah, that's pretty yeah. frustrating. I just sent you some pictures to see the size comparison okay. and also evidence of my foolishness. Evidence. Exhibit A. <laughs> you see it? Um, please, please look at it. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! It's massive. Right? It's like <laughs> it's like when when a when a oh mother has a child and the child is like very very large, sitting next to her. <laughs> that that feels. Holy these, moly. these are the fruits of my labors. Be, be careful who you make fun of. In <laughs> oh man! Wow. That, yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's that's a big lad. That's a that is a considerable piece yeah. of tech. But literally, if I hold up my my hand to it, it's it is seriously from my from my wrist to my elbow. Like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Not even. That's a lot yeah. of machine. That's a lot. Of, it is a lot of machine. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that's, that's a lot about the Steam Deck, the thing that I have had for less than 24 hours and have not gotten to use a whole bunch. (laughs) But hey, that's exciting and fresh and new, that's for sure. I guess on my end, I've been doing a lot of backlog clearing. Mm. Um, I'm still, uh, there have been a couple of RPGs that have been bubbling around. Oh, hang on a second. I need to say something. This is important. You created some problems for me. By oh, by I telling me about like I don't know how I got through Slay the Spire without knowing about Ascensions, uh, and then you were you oh. put me on that train and I, it's <laughs> out time just disappears and it's I'm blaming I'm so you for that. <laughs> you should, I, you know, that's just it. The more I played, it's yeah. so yeah. strange. Mm-hmm. But the more you play Ascension, and the harder it's like. And it's relevant to today's episode, right? It's like the harder it gets, the more you feel like you've got yeah. to beat it. Yeah. And like because you've got to hone, you've got to hone that deck efficiency so well, man. But uh, knowing that other people have made it to a twenty for all four characters, and that they still keep playing it because they want to experiment yeah. or try out different decks, or mm-hmm. maybe fool around and do something terrible like. Combine the yeah. dead branch, <laughs> get make the get those dead branch builds, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny. I think I've done a twenty. I've cleared everything for ironclad, silent, and defect. I'm on like a six for the um, 
For the watcher, the monk. What's the watcher yeah. monk? Yeah. Did you did you uh, figure I, it out? Again, did you figure it out with? Because I remember last time we talked about it, you you were like struggling with. I still kind of yeah. am. It's still very feast or famine. It's like I feel like so many of those runs, yeah. I end up like, oops, I'm in wrath, a, just a bit too long. You know, either I die or I lose forty yeah. health in a fight that I should not have lost, and it's like, well crap there went the <laughs> run you know so but I, i'm 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 getting there i think some of the more uh i really like doing the the mantra and divinity oh yes oh uh, yeah tight yeah builds. Uh-huh. that's really really fun yeah. uh that that's way more engaging i think or doing i end up doing a lot of the like staying in calm the entire fight and you have all those abilities that you know okay you get free block and oh you get this and kind of like hanging out in that space um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting character. St- strangely enough, even though I like playing monks in most like tabletop or, you know, action RPG type yeah. stuff, it, it's probably my least favorite of the four. I can't deny it. Right. That, that class is still a, a bit rough for me. I still love ironclad the most. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll pop on every now and then, or just do the daily climb. That's a lot of fun too. Or doing the custom seeds. Like there's, a, there's a lot of fun ways to play that game. Uh, do you have it on PC as well? Um, I had actually my first time through it was on the Switch, and that's when I had gotten the um, like the true ending for all the characters, and that's where I'd sort of marked myself right. as done, um, not even considering or thinking about how specific or like interesting the Ascension stuff was going to be. Yeah, it gets really engaging, right? And it makes you stuff like you know losing a potion slot. Things like that that just like completely recon like you play the game totally differently having just one less slot because you're like I got to use these things man you know it so it's really funny how it changes how you value things yeah like I would I I would uh, pre ascension I would be very very precious with my potions like unless I had I think it's like the white beast statue where it guarantees a potion every oh the t- white elephant yeah, yeah white yeah elephant. whatever it is that gives you another one every battle mm-hmm. uh, I would be very 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 cautious and not use the potions at all but now it's like mm-hmm. i need to use this because i need to make sure i lose as little hp as possible getting through this or what you know i need to end this combat as soon as possible and correct and, correct. and the potion i could maybe i'll get another one later it's not a it's worth burning this now and i'm not mm-hmm. going to regret it or you just have to let sort of let go of that feeling <laughs> right exactly yeah it's it's such an engaging game um the, on, the only reason i ask about pc specifically not only do they have a lot of fun little mods like there's a googly eyes mod where anytime there's any figure that has like a face it just puts googly eyes on that's them. great and if you move your mouse around it, it googles the eyes but there's a particular mod that I've, I've downloaded it but i haven't really had a chance to export that much hmm. um but it's called downfall and it's a it's a community mod, but they I think they got some input from the developers and have really tightened it up. Really, basically the premise is that you you have custom classes and you are playing as the monsters going down the spire, oh. fighting the ascend like the the ascenders. So it's like you play as the slime boss, wow, with a whole new set of mechanics or something like that, right? Like, and the heart is giving you orders and you're trying to defeat these you know these adventurers coming up to the bottom really really interesting how the like yeah it's a completely different like literally a different perspective on the game but like brand new classes brand new card styles brand new mechanics it's like wow i mean talk about a whole other 
couple hundred extra hours you can invest in this game. It's <laughs> <laughs> taken over your life. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting mod. And there's a lot of stuff out there. There's custom classes that people have made and stuff. And it's such a, it's such an interesting little game. Um, I have, you know, now that you say it, I do wonder, um, how mods would work on, let's say something like the steam deck. Cause it seems a lot more viable or, or feasible. Exactly. So that's exactly very interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's another reason that I, you know, as much as I enjoy console gaming, it's like with mods, mm. there are so many games in my Steam library that the base game itself is like fine, but like the life of it is the mod support from the community, yeah. whether it's quality of life changes, complete reworks, whatever. So um, that's another another reason to, to want the Steam Deck to succeed, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, but now I don't I don't know if you've played much of uh, any of the like sort of similar games in that space like Monster Train or, or Rogue Book or anything like that. But Slay the Spire, I definitely is the one that I keep coming back to again and again and again. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know if you you were able to check this one out. Um, but I I guess the thing that was my gateway into Slay the Spire was uh, Dicey Dungeons, and I've heard very good things about it. Yeah, it, it is, uh, I would say, not as difficult, or at least the early parts of it don't, don't I don't remember them being as difficult as House of mm. the Spire handles it, um, but I enjoyed that so much, I s- went and looked for more of that experience, and that's how I landed on, mm. that's how I landed on Slate Spire. Um, but they, they actually just recently put out a few, like, a, it seems pretty big, but I haven't gone, gotten back to it yet. Um there is like a free expansion or like free DLC that just came out for, oh, for cool. Dicey. And I think it's only like $5 on like the mobile stores. Oh, that's, oh, that's dirty. Yeah. Same, yeah, same as, same there. as what, what I think Slate of Spire was like 10 bucks. But yeah. Uh, unbelievable value. Yeah. Crazy. 10 bucks. That's a good value. Like yeah, there's, there's not, experience. I've... I have paid more uh, for worse experiences on more powerful machines <laughs> yeah I, it, it's it's unreal yeah. uh yeah no slay, slay the spire is, is a big one but i'll definitely have to check out dicey dungeons then because a couple other friends of ours have mentioned yeah it it's also very cute um, like i love okay. the use of the the, the it, it's also super creative like i don't know how much mm. you know about how it functions um, but instead of like, it is there is like a deck building element to it but it really is sort of about the dice that you roll and the, the, the mm. values that you get, generally speaking, you know, from one to six, six will probably do you better. But as you play, you end up with more interesting scenarios where you might want some ones or you might want some threes and fours. Right. Um, okay. And like there's some really cool like uh, or let's say um, you have like six tiles, something like that. You have six tiles for gear. And when you roll the dice, you insert the dice into the gear. And then depending on the value of the dice, that's either what damage it'll do or, you know, how what effects will happen. Um, that's sort of a broad explanation of it. But um, as you go along, like different characters either acquire, like it changes how they acquire the different equipment or how they roll. Like one of my favorites is the robot. And instead of rolling dice normally where you get, as you level up, you get more dice to roll. Uh, the robot has like a, a uh, what is the word? Like a blackjack machine. 
So oh, each dice value, you have like X amount of memory. I think maybe you have like 12, no, 11 memory to start. If you roll a six, that's six, uh, six blocks of memory that you've used. And if you bust, mm. if you get over six on the next roll, you, you all your equipment breaks for the turn. You can't do anything else. You lose all your actions for the turn. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun little mechanic. Yeah. Okay. But Very if you cool. get a blackjack, there's an extra action that they throw in there that you can like heal or do immediate damage or roll another die. Okay. It's so ah, it's so good. So good. <laughs> anyway. All right. I'll definitely have to check that out. Then. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um. I'm sorry, so I totally in terms of what derailed. I'm, no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Look, we're, we're talking Slay the Spire. I'm never going to complain about that. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always down for talking Slay the Spire. Um, uh, let's see, what have I been playing? Uh, so I've mostly been clearing a lot of uh, RPG backlog stuff out. I uh, I finished up Dragon Quest Eight and did the sort of post-game story mm. content. So I got the the true ending i've seen seen those i did like my post game grind to get you know your metal king shields and your metal king swords and all that kind of fun stuff all the things that i enjoy doing uh, at the end of a dragon quest game and um uh yeah i don't i don't know if you've played eight uh it was the one on ps2 correct were you playing it on a ps2 no i was not i was oh right uh, the, i'm the sure they ported it. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Duh. Duh. Uh, but uh, i yeah, I did I play. I did play that one okay. on PS2. Um, I had a dumb experience where I think I was like gonna go off to college, so I played it all summer, and then I left for college, and I didn't play it for a year. And then it turned oh, out no. I was like really close to the ending, so I finished oh, it the no. summer summer after my first year of college. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's fine. I finished it, but I barely remembered, you know, how I got to that point. I just like I need right. to finish this because it's on my mind. <laughs> right? No, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> No, I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and yeah. um, it's definitely like a top five game for me. Wow, maybe my maybe my favorite RPG ever. I you know, I, I don't know. Really, uh, I'd be hard pressed to to pick a one that I liked more. I, I'm kind of hoping Eleven like knocks it out for you because I mean, quite I did possibly. play. Yeah, I did play Eleven all the way through. When I mm. I played the demo, I was hooked. I picked it up. I played it straight through. All the DLC and stuff was already out. And I, what a fan, what a wonderful game. I was so happy with it. And I'm so happy to do like everything that came with it. I don't usually like, you know, a hundred percent things, but I would say that was a pretty good 95%. Like I'm probably going to try to hundred percent. Cause like, again, my, my journey with dragon quest is I was, I saw 11 had come out in 2019. I was uh-huh. really bummed that I couldn't play it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll start playing all the Dragon Quests in order until I can save up. And then you ambushed me with kindness and got me a Switch, you jerk. And so now... It wasn't just me. Plenty, oh, oh, turns please. out plenty of people, oh, please. plenty of people were more than willing to contribute. <laughs> Amazing. Right, Soprano. It wasn't just me. It was a whole network of people working uh-huh. together. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, you jerk. So <laughs> I love you, uh, but the, you, the, the, the the twist of it now is that like, you know, I got like one or I got like two Dragon Quests in, and then suddenly I had access to eleven. So like for three years, I have been like trying to be able to play the game that's been sitting on my shelf. Oh boy, <laughs> you know that's the funny of it. But I, truly, it has been a worthwhile journey, and it's been really like the thing for Dragon Quest Eight that's so funny. I guess is like I was I was playing. 
my experience pretty much matches what I think most people, when I see people talk about their experiences, at least with the first eight, you know, thus far, my experiences pretty much match. I think I rate four a little higher than most people. I think I rate two a little lower. But, you know, like four, five is a masterpiece. Seven is a slog. I, you know, I, I pretty much vibe with most of the general takes. And eight was marvelous. Um, but eight was such a breath of... Fr- like, each iteration has been so interesting to see how they change the formula a little bit. I mean, it's still recognizably the same thing. But here's how we do this little thing differently and this little thing differently. Mm. And, you know, with eight, I was like, oh, my God. You know, like, I'm finally in this kind of over-the-shoulder perspective. I mean, it was there in seven, but it was very muted in seven. But, Mm. I mean, the first time I was looking at the mini-map and I'm, like, running, I see stairs and I'm, like, running to get to the stairs and I'm, like, I can't find it. But it's because it's not just a little square on the map that has a picture of stairs on it. It's because they're literal three-dimensional stairs I have to climb. Like (laughs) spiral stairs. I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) stairs, right? And I'm... You know, but the, uh, the verticality was such a a revelation, right? Like, I'm going up to the second floor, and I can look down and see the first floor. And it's like, wow, you know, you get to the top of a castle, and you can see the landscape. And it's just all those little things that just, it, it felt very magical and wonderful. And, the, you know, the cast is terrific. And, you know, I love the mechanics and the character build. The tension system oh, yeah. was awesome. That, that's just, what, honestly, that's what sold me on it in the first place is that I'm like, mm-hmm. it's, wait, it's an RPG, but your main guy can go Super Saiyan? That's so right. cool. <laughs> I was, yeah, like, I, I was, I remember just, like, rushing to get to that point. Because yeah. like, that was really my first Dragon Quest experience. Like, mm. I didn't know, like, I knew what a slime was, but I didn't know what the deal with the metal slimes were. Oh, guess what? They give you, like, a ton of experience. Like, right. I, um, the it, it, yeah. it might as well have been my first, in a sense, because, like, I remember a buddy of mine, all my friends were obsessed with Final Fantasy, of course. Mm. I had, as a kid, I had Final Fantasy One and Dragon Warrior, both of them, I popped in and found them very difficult to play as a five-year-old, so I just stopped. Right. Um, but I remember when Dragon Quest VIII came out that it was like, well, I should say the demo disc because it was in the, what, was it FF10 or FF12? Whichever one, it was the demo disc. It's like, it's hmm. like it came out and it included a demo disc for, I guess it was 12, Final Fantasy 12 that was coming out next. So a lot of my friends bought it just to get the demo disc. That's right. Yes. Final Fantasy. But then I saw them play a fair amount. I was like, this looks really great. I really want to play it. And of course, I just never did. Right. But I'm really, really glad to have played it. It's definitely one of my favorite games ever. Um, I'm working my way through nine right now. And it's fine. Uh, It's just... it's just going to suffer because it's coming after it, you know, like, mm. how do you, how do you follow up that act? Right. Wait. Um, so nine is another, that's like what on the DS or something. Is that it's right? a DS one. It was, it's very clearly like I'm, as I'm playing it, it's, it's very clear. This was meant to be played largely as kind of a multiplayer experience, right? It's the first multiplayer dragon quest. Right. You're meant to hop on with your friends and run through dungeons. That's why, you know, you only have yourself and a bunch of just generic, little people you can make to run with you right yeah. you don't really have supporting cast so oh that sounds weaker for it but i see yeah. why yeah uh, yeah it's like it's gonna be how does that how does the combat work for that for for a multiplayer experience <sighs> well i'm not really sure how it was supposed to work for multiplayer i mean i'm just running a party myself i do like a few of the changes they made oh the action camera oh my gosh having an action camera in dragon quest 8 you know like yeah. a final fantasy game oh my god you know it was a revelation mm-hmm. um 
the action camera is uh, interesting in it. I think the one thing that I do like is if you do multiple uh, regular like fight attacks, there's like a damage multiplier. Like, oh, your first guy attacks, and then your second party member, it's like damage times 1.2, and the next party member is like times 1.5 or whatever. So you can kind of roll up hmm. you know, a multiplier on hits, which is nice, especially for your... Um, like your staff users and stuff, like your mages who you don't want to be casting spells every single round. Sometimes you're just trying to get through a couple of rounds or get through a fight. So even if even if they're just swinging their staff, they're kind of contributing to the group multiplier sometimes. That's, that's a nice little mechanic. But it still has a lot of the things that 8 brought. It's got tension. It's got... You know, it's got a lot of those those elements and the spells are all the same and that sort of thing. So it's, it's fine. It's just it can't follow up. It, it is, by definition and by construction, a lighter, lesser experience compared to, you know, 8 was a, a, a feast. You know, it was meant for a console. <laughs> right, yeah. You know? and, and this is a handheld game from a time when the handheld distinction was, was stronger. Yeah. That, that's all there is to it. Um. But I am excited because I'm about 15 or so hours through it, and I think it's only about a 40 to 60 hour game, depending on how things go. So I am I'm closing in on 11 with the. So yeah, what happened? Like the, ten, ten was an MMO or something, right? Correct. So does that mean MMO, you just jumped to 11 after nine? It, then, or if it was available for us to play in the West, I would play it. I know there's ways to get around it, and like. In Japan, they're releasing like an offline-only mode that you can play, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. People speak, but I'm I'm not going to consider that a mainline game. In the same way that if I were going to play through all the Final Fantasies in order, I wouldn't say, "Oh, I have to com- go complete Final Fantasy eleven. Mm. right? You know, like I'm not I'm not going to do that to myself. But if you do it, decide to do uh, the award-winning Final Fantasy fourteen, <laughs> 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 no, I have been playing a little bit of that oh, on and off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a different experience soloing an MMO, but I, I do like that game too, but it's, it's a very slow burn for me there. It's very slow. Right. Um, but I am excited to eventually get to 11, Dragon Quest 11. And like in my heart, I feel like I'm going to hundred percent it. Like in my heart, I'm like, I'm going to, this is the, the, the capstone of the journey. Yeah. I'm going to do the whole thing. I've been listening to the soundtrack for five years now. I'm ready to like, <laughs> oh, boy. I'm ready to get in there and just and live it so i'm excited about that um and hilariously you know we talked about metroid dread because i had dropped xenoblade chronicles because i was not vibing with the combat system in that Mm -hmm. i have since finished xenoblade chronicles oh okay and uh i i I guess I, i spent a little bit more time learning a few of the mechanics and learning some of the um the ways in which there were a few key ahas that I needed to have about oh. sort of managing the the sort of group, I guess tension meter, super meter. Like mm-hmm. the, the, it's it's similar to our potion discussion from from Slay the Spire. Like because the party build I was using was more defensive. That basically the healer sniper uh, girl is not. She heals very well, but she basically just prolongs a fight, whereas a another party member might just help you actually win the fight sooner and not have to heal that much and change so rotating some party members changing how i use the super meter and stuff i got rolling and and eventually did complete that um it's a it's a good game i don't know if you've played it um or that much but it i definitely see why it's so well loved by people yeah i i think i would like to revisit 
Xenoblade One. Um, just two. I played two for a, a good amount because it came out really early in the Switch's life. Correct. Yeah. And I, there were just parts of it that weren't like. I don't know. I, I think I was struggling with it a little too much, and then I had a break between it, and I just never picked it back up again. Yeah, yeah. That and then, it, and I don't have the same kind of guilt that I did with Dragon Quest Eight. Like I just, uh, I don't, right. I don't, I don't know if it's gonna <laughs> happen. Maybe after I, you know, get to one and then try it, maybe my feelings will change. I know a lot of people are talking about three. Like I was like, really? Like I guess people really like it that they're super pumped about. You know, no, uh, Xenoblade seems to have, uh, especially the, the Switch has, I guess, really skyrocketed the the franchise into forefront of the popular culture. I think, I, from what I gather, two was like you said, a very early, beefy RPG exclusive to the system, and then combine that with the fact that one wasn't really available, so it was it was the one to play for a while, and now that one is back, people have revisited that and really enjoyed it too. And so I think there's just a lot of hype around three. Um, but I I definitely enjoyed my time with one once I came back to it and really really kind of gave it a second chance. I will say that I think the story kind of it, it does a lot of the stuff that you would expect for a. Um, for an uh, you know an RPG to do right, it's time to go kill God, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, it, yeah it people are running like, around on living God like corpses of giant yeah. gods or something, right? right. That's kind of like, I like that idea. That's cool. It's a it's a cool concept. I think the problem is that the the first part of the game, the environments and everything are much more invocative, and like as you're getting close to the end, story wise, it makes sense where you're at. Yeah, but things become a what lot you, more barren. You, you're running in like deserts or factories or well <laughs> i mean not to be too much of a spoiler but they're like one titan is like the titan of life and biology it's called bionis the other titan is the titan of like robots called mechonis and all the bionis like literal biomes and stuff look yeah. terrific and are right. so engaging and fun mm -hmm. to run around in you see all these weird creatures once you start fighting battles on like the Mechonis side, it becomes like, okay, here's another steel hallway. And mm. it, it just doesn't, it all becomes kind of gunmetal chrome and mm. it's just not as engaging to look at. And it makes the grind a little more apparent. And the story starts to move away from the very personal story of the people and starts to become, okay, we're heading towards the end. Here's the high concept stuff with these characters and entities battling that you don't have as much connection to. And that's going to happen, you know, in most games as they approach an in-game state. But I think the double whammy of the environments becoming more bland definitely ebbed off of it. But I finished it, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, okay. It a, it's definitely worth playing. And I think that the combination of the redone visuals and the soundtrack is just... God, that soundtrack is so good. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel like that... I'm glad that I went back and and finished it up for sure. Excellent. So do we want to get on to the, the sort of meat of today's discussion? Talk a little bit about Elden Ring? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. All right. So Elden Ring, right? Um, yeah. Uh -huh. That's it. What else can you say? No, uh, another of FromSoft's uh, sort of... Um, I don't know if infamous is quite the right word, but another of their um, tenacious action RPG offerings in a space that they 
pretty much carved out for themselves and other people are, have been chasing ever since uh, with the souls like right your dark souls and your 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 bloodborns and your Sekiro's and so forth uh, and and the various other hangers on that have followed since but this is the the latest entry now um, it still pretty much feels like the dark you know it feels like an like, to me at least feels like kind of an iteration of the dark souls vein of that um, but obviously with some quite a few new twists involved uh, in terms of additional mechanics and things like that but for I guess let's, let's talk about like our experience with the general from soft thing their 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 uh, their offerings um, I think we touched on this before but my experience with from soft souls genre uh, was I was mostly uninterested in Demon Souls. And when Dark Souls rolled around, I figured I'd give it a shot, knowing what I was kind of having an idea of what I was getting into. Somebody tried explaining Demon Souls to me at some point, and I was like, this is too much. Like, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Because uh, it was something <laughs> about, like, world... I forget what it was, what it's called. Almost like world alignment. Or, like, the there's, like, a... a like, I forget it like a chaos and order element to it and you're kind of depending right. on how you die or where you die you certain things would be affected by that and i was like i don't really want to deal with all that um but just something about dark souls called to me i and once i kind of figured it out <laughs> i accepted that it was going to be difficult i really just took it in and and going through that world and how everything gets connected some things are much harder and i need help and that's fine um, or accepting that part of it too. It's like, I'm not going to beat these two dudes on my own. I need a buddy or I need a stranger to help. Um, I was on board like one, two, three, um, a little bit of Bloodborne, Sekiro, like that. You know, whenever it's, I hear something news coming out, I'm in. I want to try it out. Um, so, it, honestly, when they were talking about Elden Ring, I was like, okay, like when they first announced it. I don't think I, I figured I'll oh, I'll probably play it, you know, because I've I've played most of them so far, uh, but just something about it, like getting back into it, and when you enter the world and it's just all there, and it's I was like, I I was enchanted again, you know, like I I was oh like oh here we are, <laughs> let's go, <laughs> and then you get a horse, then it gets even better, like yeah. Because I was like, I don't really want to run this on foot. Oh, magic horse! <laughs> like, <laughs> like I didn't watch any. I didn't watch any of the trailer. Like, the first trailer that came out. That's the only one I kind of looked at. I didn't watch any of the demo stuff. I heard that the horse was in it. Um, I heard the horse had a double jump, I guess. And then that's <laughs> kind of it. That's all I knew about it. Getting into it. Okay. Just... Double jumping horses. That's it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then. Um, and it really does play more like a Souls than anything else. Like Sekiro, I was gonna say, is probably my favorite of the of uh, FromSoft's post Demon Souls um, releases. But that plays so. It, there's elements of it that, that feel kind of Soulsish, but it's really its own playstyle. Bloodborne also mm -hmm. very much its own style of playstyle. Uh, Elden Ring feels more like. Dark and Demon Souls than the other two. So it was kind of a weird to go back to that. Um, mm. But I guess the thing that they did keep from Sekiro is that you can jump. 
I think there's a jump. I hope I'm not making that up. Um, but the the or a jump in Sekiro because that was a uh, it was weird to have to go back from that. I think mm. for a little bit. Mm. Um, uh, I think that kind of covers it. Oh, I guess in terms of Elden Ring, I've beaten it once, and I'm sort of close on a on a new game plus, but I kind of lost. Um, I didn't. I wanted to be available. I didn't want to lose all the map, like all my shortcuts again. So I kind of right. held off from finishing it. But I was going for the frenzied flame ending in this one. Okay. Okay. Yep. And I'm on the other end of the spectrum, basically in every regard. Uh, I tried a bit of Dark Souls and really bounced off of it. Uh, we talked about it pretty extensively. I was shocked by how much you enjoyed it. So I, I let you uh, guide me through a few hours of it. And I did better than usual, but it was still a lot of oopsie doopsie dying um, <laughs> and restarting. And uh, then Elden Ring... This seemed like a good one to jump on, so did. And um, I'm really only about 11 or 12 hours in. I'm still in the kind of early uh, um, spaces of the game still. I'm still kind of exploring and learning, but it's the furthest I've gone in any of these um, sort of Souls-like FromSoft games. And I am enjoying it. Uh, We can talk about it more in depth as we go, but I'm still early in my i guess career with this space but like unlike yourself right you're an early adopter have cleared a bunch of them you're going through this the second time whereas i'm uh still new and still having fun but at moving at not a a much slower pace because it's still a lot of learning hard lessons for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm learning everything the hard way still um and I'm, i'm only just now starting to see some of those early like no, I am improving. I can defeat certain enemies that were stressing me out an hour ago or two hours ago. Like, oh, wait, you know, like I'm starting to see some of that. And so it starts to feel, starting to get some of that positive feedback. Um, Elder Ring is definitely uh, the most popular of the yeah. soft games. It's wild. It is wild how much this one blew up. Because, I mean, up until yeah. this point, you know, I still enjoy them, I, and I, you know, I would go and seek out people, like, making memes and stuff about it. There's enough people, I guess, in my sphere that I could react and sort of interact about that stuff. But this one would really, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's a timing thing. I, I would like to know if there's, like, somebody's, um, there's probably, you know, articles and articles about it. But what is it about this one that did it, you know? Like, right. Uh, a a game that actually I would argue is about as fun and has a much better lobby system was Neo Two, and Neo Two is fantastic. I we should mm. if you get a hold of that one, we should put some time into it just because like, okay. the the combat feels almost like kind of arcadey. Well, now that's the one that's by Team Ninja, right? Yes. Yeah. See now that see I guess that's the thing that's very interesting to me. Yeah. By as a point of comparison, but we'll yeah. we'll we'll bounce on that in a second. Sorry, continue. Neo two, much yeah. better matchmaking and stuff. Yeah. So in terms of like progression, you can actually, from what I remember, you can progress together. You you there's a separate like building that you enter in like the menus that will connect you to your buddy, and then your progression is shared. I think. Oh wow. 
So there's that's it's awesome. it's yeah to to just jump in and you have like up to three people just punching the hell out of monsters. <laughs> the the weapons the weapon choices are really fun. Uh, the the way that there's like like instant summon things that everybody has access to. There's like a weird like Japanese history sort of undercurrent to it, or like mm. warring states something or other. It's been a while, um, and that one I was like, oh, this is really really fun. How's that going to do? And I don't know. Didn't did in terms of sales, but nowhere near the same amount of buzz. It could be it could be from Soft's unique flavor of it. Like there's just elements of it that are they're so self serious that it 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 you land in at absurd. Like it's so serious that it's funny. You know? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the uh that I guess that's the first thing that really strikes you about this sort of souls breed. And that's part of why Elden Ring feels more like the Souls games, but even Bloodborne has this too. Like it's just so intense. Yeah. And it's so heavy. Yeah, uh, and the, the, the it is grim dark, you know, capital G, capital D, grim dark yeah. kind of. Everything is every enemy you face is what if a skeleton was sad, or <laughs> yeah. what if a ghost had too many chains, or yeah. you know, it, it's like everything is just there's it's so much of everything, and it's, it's as sad as it possibly could be. All the environments, no, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of them are drab and dark and wet. It's a very grim atmosphere all the way through <laughs> is this map becomes... hey is this map crunchy or is it wet uh yeah <laughs> right. it's both it's and, both and it, it it gets to the point of it's just so overwhelming and you just can't help but laugh yeah uh and then you're not sure if you're supposed to laugh you're like this has just gotten so funny you're like oh of course of course here's a skeleton telling other skeletons to dig and i'm gonna kill them all and and take their runes or something i don't know like <laughs> yeah like, it, it, everything is is so morbid and all the bosses are you know just nightmare nightmare globs yeah uh <laughs> there, there is a specific one that is like i can't you cannot not laugh at this guy because he's so you've i'm sure you've seen pictures of him but it's like it's the guy who's like huge and he rides his tiny horse. Yes. Yeah. But it's his, you know, it's his childhood horse, his favorite horse. So he, he learned gravity magic so that he could ride on this tiny horse. But if you look at this thing, it's struggling. It's so, it's so absurd. I'm dying and, over here. Help yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. The, I guess that's the first thing is that obviously these from stuff games have a rep. They have a reputation, yeah. yep. earned or not, exaggerated or not. Mm. Whether it's the developers or the community, you know, chicken or the egg, I don't know. These games have a certain air around them, um, and Elden Ring I think combines that with a just a slightly more vibrant palette. It's a little bit more pop to the colors and that sort of thing. And then, at least in the, uh, I'm sure this had an impact, at least on the Western player base, you know, George R. R. Martin's involvement was heavily touted in That's the true. lead up. That's um, right. And, and there's a lot of, obviously, Dark Souls and, and uh, is very much in the sort of dungeon delving, gritty vibe, which is common. Mm. Um, but I think the added element of like the sort of Arthurian, the round table stuff. That always helps, right? Everybody loves Arthurian knights and that sort of thing. 
Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you've got more of an open world vibe, which is in vogue. The mount, as you discussed, right? All, all these sort of slightly better quality of life features to make it feel a little more like a lot of other sort of AAA style games that, that are quite popular these days to make it a little more welcoming uh, to, to folks. Because that certainly was something that I encountered in, say, Dark Souls. It's like, well... You know, I'm, I move from area A to area B, and area B leads to area C. And if I'm struggling with area C, it's not a whole... Like, I don't really have a lot of options. Like, I, I have to get through here. And it's like, so... And what do I do? I just farm these same enemies. I can't even go somewhere else to farm, really. Like, I, I have to get through this segment. I, I can't not get through this segment. But one advantage of Elden Ring that I have found is, like, okay, I got really frustrated on doing some of this... I've been spending a lot of time in the Stormvale Castle. Ironically, it's a legacy dungeon, right? It's a throwback. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm spending a lot of time in that. I got frustrated on one section. So I went off and did something else for a while. And that was, even though it was a lot of the same thing, I'm still cutting people down and getting runes and all that sort of thing. It was liberating to be able to say, I don't want to do this right now. I'm going to go do something else. I'm yeah, you could even to... completely bypass Stormvale. Um, and just, you, there's a way around the castle. You could just totally skip it and like go do other things. Uh, I don't remember exactly how how serious these gates are, but you could skip that area, go to the second one, go to the third one. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's, there's a whole other side area. Yeah, like you you're you're f- sort of free to do whatever you want. Um, you might get uh, your teeth kicked in. But that's that's part of it. You're like, oh, okay, maybe I should go back. But at that point, you're like, maybe I should go back and see what I can do. Right, right exactly. Yeah. But even the option to explore somewhere else, to look at new environments, because I think that's the thing. If I can, uh, if I can uh, express what is so um, frustrating, I think uh, for someone who is maybe not dyed in the wool for these games, uh, I end up feeling like I'm not even really playing a level. I end up feeling like I'm I'm just playing this band, mm. this, this one strip of the game from mm-hmm. this site to this site. It's like I, I'm going to learn these hallways, and I see the same. It is kind of liberating in a sense. Like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna die, repeat, die, repeat, die, repeat, and get better and better. But there is a practical element of like God, I've walked through this room six times already, and I know the fight coming through the next door. Oh, he's gonna do this. Oh, he defeated me again. Of course. Like, there's <laughs> there's something of a slog there. It feels like I'm not seeing that much of the game, whereas at least in Elden Ring, I can, I'm going to teleport over here, and I'm going to ride off and just look at something else for a while. It is, there is a kind of an experiential difference there, just being able to look at different locales, explore different spaces. I'm going to go fight in some little doofy side dungeon over here. You know, even if I'm not necessarily growing as a player, I'm at least doing something different for a yeah. little bit. And that helps helps break it up um because that's that's part of the draw they're like constantly repeating the same cycle thing but it, it does get a little repetitive especially when you're struggling for myself it's like do i really want to spend like i i know i will eventually conquer this section but if i'm if it's grueling and i have to keep looking at the same thing over and over and over again like i'd really like to see something else just a slightly different game experience please <laughs> for just right. a brief moment i'm so tired of this section <laughs> yeah but when you do get through that sense of relief, right? That sense of like, I did it. I overcame this. I persevered. Like, what a feeling it is when you do get through one of those sections finally at last. 
so I'm here, here's here's I guess a, a big question I have for the Elden Ring or even the I guess the Souls I guess community experience thing. You know, the, one of the things that's interesting is the the blood stains and the messages that you can leave for other people and that all that kind of like in-game communication stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I do find that all very fascinating. I'm sort of curious, what's the community perspective on like, go, like it feels at least in, in the moment and all the perception of like you have to learn and get better and improve. It feels wrong to like go look up a guide or go watch a video on how to beat a boss or something like that. Like that feels incorrect or somehow like sacrilegious. It feels like I should be doing it all in game. But is, does the community have? Is it like it a taboo about doing that stuff? That? No, I don't think so. That that's all. Honestly, I think in my opinion, that's all self-imposed. Like okay. if you wanted to find it, uh, the best experiences probably. And I think this is this is why why it's great to jump on very early, is when you and some friends are playing it and you went somewhere and you found something amazing and you show it to them, right. like that playground, that playground. Do do no, I I went over here and there was a big skull and it ate me. It's awesome. You want to go see it? Like, <laughs> dude, yeah, let's go check it out. Yeah, let's let's beat up. Let's go punch that skull. Um, that's that's the that's why it's like great when it's fresh. Mm, um, I see. That being said, some these games are like purposefully obtuse, like about how certain yeah. stats or certain things work out, or maybe there's a trick that you missed. Um, so I feel like at least the way I would do it, or the way I do it, is I give it a you know I give it a shot. Um, like if if taking out all the playground rumors and and story sharing with somebody else, um, I play it until the point where I get kind of irritated, and then I go. I am in my 30s. I don't have okay. time for this. How do I beat this boss? Is okay. there a trick that I'm missing? Uh, okay. Th- so as long that's... as I'm not alone, because that's how I feel. But then I'm like, am I breaking? No. Am I breaking no, the law? I don't think so. <laughs> well, because to okay to go back to that, r- r- my first experience of the Souls game was I turned right instead of left, and I fought skeletons for two hours, thinking that I heard this game was hard. If I can't beat these skeletons, because skeletons are like, you know, base level enemy, mm-hmm. uh, then maybe I'm not maybe I'm not cut out for this. And then it turned out, no, you turn left over here instead of right, and you fight zombies instead of skeletons. Oh, okay. So I went the wrong way completely. And then also, you know, if you get lost, you know, this game is actually really good at telling you where to go. So I feel like mm-hmm. that is is like they kind of fixed that problem because it's like okay. Go where the golden arrows are pointing you. That's where you need to go to go for story stuff. Everything right. else, do it. I don't care. Go into that swamp with a nasty octopus. <laughs> go over there. <laughs> that's fine. If you want to do that, go for it. That's fine. Uh, there's a guy that's telling you there's a golden needle that you got to get from this horrible... Um, it's not poison. Like this rots, rotted area. You can do that, but it's not in this main path. So it's sort of if you want to do it or not. Um, I guess the advantage also of the New Game Plus thing is kind of just do whatever, uh, which it could be just the main story stuff or it could be, you know, whatever looks interesting to you because you can go pretty much wherever you want. Right. Um, and then on the next one, if there's certain, if you wanted things to play out a certain way, like you didn't want that lady to die 
maybe you could have helped her out if you did something different. And that's when you end up looking something up. like, or, And then you find out, no, no matter what you do, this lady's going to die. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> yeah. And then, I, you know, I made a couple of mistakes in my first time around. There was, there's a, a character that I was like, oh, this person's pretty cool. They've been helping me out. And I did, like, one of those, like, point of no return story checks. Oh, and I no. figured that it wasn't going to affect. And when I went back, the person's weapons were on the ground and they weren't there anymore. So I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. You, you <laughs> they probably died. <laughs> Uh-oh, my bad. Uh, but I made sure the second time around that that didn't happen to them. And I was happy about that. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, the, uh, TLDR... Yeah, look up a guide if you want to look up a guide. It's fine. I don't. I personally don't care if it means you get through it and we can go do something, um, do a different thing, or you're not stuck and then you don't want to play anymore. You know, bleh. I'd rather you looked it up. You know? Right. All right. Okay. Well, because that that is one of those things where um, it feels it, you have to wonder like how much of this is supposed to be fighting game style execution. How much of it is supposed to be just surprise, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, and sometimes it's a jump scare kind of thing. Oh, in Stormvale, there's this one goober around a corner that you simply cannot see and could not see, and oh, yeah. he's going to come out and take a little bit of my health, and so next time I know, just immediately start swinging left and kill this little goober, you know. Yeah. But a, yeah. a good example is very early, and again, a lot of my experiences are in Stormvale because I've been grinding my way through it, but when I was first going through it, the banished knights were a lot more challenging. Mm. There's a banished knight that's in this really dark room. Oh and yeah. I go in there and I try, you know, six or seven times in a row. And maybe one of those times I can defeat him, but all the others, he's, he's just crushing me. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And mm. so I start just goofing around and I find, okay, I can back out in the hallway and he's running against the door and can't figure out how to get around the door. So I'll just like stab him a couple times to the door and, and squeak out a win. I don't know if I'm supposed to do that or not, but okay, hey. I did that. <laughs> then if you, it, whatever it takes, <laughs> if, uh, if you did it, it counts. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's still my position on that. There's, so there's, um, they patched this out so that there's no way to do it, but I think that the fact that people are able to pull it off is very, very funny. Um, there's a boss where uh, people are able to approach him without activating his combat, like the what whatever triggers him to start fighting you. Oh, like they found a way to hop over like parts of the environment over the wall that's like gating him away getting okay him, um, getting him off <laughs> sure. and because you didn't go through the fog gate to get to it him didn't, like turn him on or whatever right he doesn't enter the combat phase but you can still kill him so he's just standing there while you wail on him. <laughs> I see. It's, it's so good like the the solution or that i guess they i don't know if they raise the wall just a little bit higher or what but uh people can you can still shoot him from a higher platform and you, it'll, it might take you 30 minutes, but if you really didn't want to fight him, you could do that too. That's funny. And if you did that, it counts. That's fine. Right. Um, there's a couple of patch, early game patches that are like, oh man, that was so funny. Why'd you take it out? Like, just leave it in. Oh man. Uh, Cause there's a, there's a, um, there's a shield where I don't know if it's specifically magic damage or any kind of damage. I want to say it's magic. Um, it reflects magic. Whenever you take magic damage, if you have this thing active, 
Okay. People would basically set themselves on fire, which counts as like consistent magic damage, and then enter the block, which meant that you just had a magic machine gun. <laughs> just <laughs> it's it like up. one HP, one HP, one HP, but the fa- you know this you just hold this shield up and it's spitting out magic bullets. That's funny. Uh, they, they changed the way it worked. It didn't work after a very, very early patch, which is, of course, exactly uh, the day that I got that shield. So, uh, oh, well, too bad. Pat's getting it. We've got we've to change it ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that so got nerfed. I guess to kind of finish it, like that, that sequence, eventually, after I did it a couple times with the door thing, I was goofing around and I realized, oh, you can sneak behind it behind the furniture and stab him in the back. Yeah. And then when he's standing up, you can just hit him a couple times and he's down. Yep. You know, and sure. then and then now later I've gotten to the point where now challenging these little these guys, I'm like, oh, okay, actually, um, they're actually pretty easy to defeat. A couple of heavy swings will stagger them off off parries, and so now hmm. I can defeat them no problem. Great. But, you know, I spend a lot of time, and that's been really nice, like actually seeing some personal progress. Yeah. Um, but now, now just wait until they get access to wind and ice magic, and then you hate them all over again. Uh, well, now they've been doing some, <laughs> some funny wind stuff. Yeah. And they've got some halberd buddies that I've also been beating up. I guess that's the other yeah. thing too. Um, it, it, it's very interesting to figure out what the game values and doesn't necessarily tell you. For mm. example. In my mind, we're doing this like gritty, like really tense, realistic. I mean, obviously, being a a a, a, <laughs> a very flexible term in a land of talking skeletons and and floating monsters and what have you. But in my mind's eye, right, like I'm I'm going to be using a shield every now and then. I'm going to try to jump out of the way. But the game, at least I'm I have experience. It's like okay, the game will heavily penalized like if you block something from one of these giant monster guys you know it's half your or quarter of your stamina or whatever you're at you know it's like a, there's a huge penalty you get a parry off of it sometimes but there's a huge stamina penalty whereas like just rolling around on the ground like an idiot there's really no penalty for that. and in fact <laughs> i can like i'm in full i'm in like full banished sky armor now and i'm just like wee just rolling around on the floor you yeah. know, like, <laughs> like I'm like that's the Dark Souls roll, baby. Yeah, and it's like it's so strange to figure out. Not only does the roll, it's like it doesn't penalize you hardly at all, and has invincibility frames. And it's like, well, now wait a minute. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hold on a second. I thought yep. we were doing something super gritty, like the idea of like I'm in my full night armor and I'm just like rolling around, you know, doo doo at the speed of sound. Yes. Doo 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 doo. Just like. It, it feels it feels wrong, but uh, you know, and I had to learn it the hard way. But it's like it's strange to learn where the system decides it's time to be quote unquote realistic, and where it's like, ah, don't worry about it, just do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As a new player, that that is a a, a high wall to climb, um, quite literally in some instances. But yeah, it's a, that that's that that's been interesting. I guess is figuring out when. And where it's going to place its emphasis. Or again, I can stab this haunted guy through a door and we don't really care. But then sometimes my sword hits a wall and bounces off of it. 
but then enemies will swing their swords at me through the walls. It, it's like, it, you know, which, <laughs> yeah. which is, like, do, do walls block attacks or do they not block attacks? Like, I, I just want, just tell me what we're doing here. Uh, if, if a weapon is sufficiently large, it will clip through the wall and you will eat it. <laughs> I'm noticing. I'm noticing. Yeah. Did I show you that clip? I had I had a pretty good one. There's like a giant worm thing with a sword, and it and I think I'm safe. I get behind the wall. I take a drink and then blam. <laughs> just oh, no. I'll, I'll get the clip over to you. Yeah, you'll have to show sure post to that one. It's, but you know it's that's a, on you. It's, it's a worm with a sword, man. What did you expect? Worm sword. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no I, I, that's I guess that's the really hard part as a new player is not knowing what is and is not kosher outside of the game inside of the game you know the, like say something similar in a, a similar space might be like a fighting game right like yeah it, yeah you're expected to learn both practically and you're expected to do some homework and in fact people are like of, co- of course you should look up combo videos of course you should look up guides on frame data and stuff like that because there's a heavy expectation of execution and knowing certain matchups and stuff um, and I, I feel that a little bit with Dark Souls, but it's like, well, I, you know, I'm not fighting a human opponent. I'm only fighting the computer. So it's like, am I taking away all of its tricks by learning them up front? You know, that can be that can be a challenge, especially when the game, at least from my perspective, seems to really lean into the sort of like surprise element. Like you've never faced this enemy before. You don't know what it can do. So like surprise, it can do this thing. You know, I guess it's up to each player, but it feels very taboo to to try to look up and go, okay, no, what what, what am I supposed to do to beat this guy? Then it's like, well, then what does victory mean, really? Yeah, that's that's a that's a hard one to resolve when it's like I'm beating my head against the wall and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing differently. But then there's messages everywhere, and oh, I could just look up a guide. Like that that that's a weird space to be in, especially as a new player, and you don't want to be like. Oh yeah, I finally started playing Dark Souls really well, and oh, what was it like? Well, I just went to IGN and looked up a bunch of wikis and, and looked up looked up a bunch of walkthroughs, and and they held my hand the whole time because I'm a big baby. Like, <laughs> you know, that's I mean? I mean, that's that is a valid experience. Okay. <laughs> if it if it helped you pull it off, but there's so much of it is like esoteric. Like, you you might even wonder hey, there was a guy at the beginning who was talking to me about something and I never saw him again. Where did he end up? Mm. Look, Just look it up. Just find, find out. You could crawl or comb through every part of the map. Like, the guy that I was talking about, that boss, that people can were able to like jump over the wall and kill, there is sort of one of his emissaries or just one of his dudes um, that you've run into throughout the game and then you don't know what at some point he's probably got a finale but where the heck did he go turns out you have to go backwards from where you fought that guy and he's like like waiting for you in the dark mm. and then you have like your final encounter with that one so it's kind of like eh, like you could do it you could comb through every piece of it but also you don't really have the time for that no, nobody really does unless right, they're streaming does. it <laughs> unless they're like a streamer or something uh, right, right right so eh that's that's what it is. Yeah, I, I um, guess the the thing that is so feel no guilt. Okay, if you look then, anything I, then I then I won't believe me. I will not. But I I I guess the as someone who is new to these style of games and trying to enjoy them, 
there is a perception certainly and i don't think it's you know i don't think it's just me but there's a there's a heavy perception amongst people who do not play these games that this is a single player game with a social component you're supposed mm. to go in and take your licks and come back out stronger tougher better and knowing the game inside and out and having done it all through your own blood sweat and tears and pulling yourself up by your grief straps or whatever uh there's that social expectation and there's a social element to any single player game because oh you want to talk about it with your friends hey did you beat so and so oh what did you think of this but that like that expectation of being this sort of that that improving improving in the game and excelling at the game you know even the completion itself is this sort of like mark of achievement there's a very strong vibe from that, from from those, I guess, at least for myself, outside of the general community space. So it's like coming into it, you feel like, well, I, I, I got to be a big boy. I got to do this. You know, I, I got to do this like a man and really beat these things. You know, yeah. if, I, if I look it up or if I get any help or if I don't understand something, that's on me. You know, like that, that kind of element. So the, um, Okay, so there's a very early boss like a really really early mini boss mm-hmm. that i think is a good example of like it's kind of a skill check uh almost like a good practice i guess a practice dummy version of this one uh the ever jails the little stone circles that you find throughout the game mm-hmm. i don't know if you've seen them they yeah. have like a, the, the little worm rock things kind of all yeah. pointing at it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> there's one on the way up to storm veil and in my opinion, fighting this thing is probably harder, harder than most of the bosses, maybe <laughs> most of the mini bosses, because it's like it, the joke is that whenever it's like the the I can't remember the name of it. It's just like Grom the Blood Ripper as this giant monster thing, and uh, this this is it's intimidating, but it's you're gonna figure it out. But when it's like a human shaped opponent named the captain, oh god, oh god, I'm screwed. <laughs> like, take me back to the Blood Ripper, please. <laughs> what do you mean they only have one life bar? I, oh I, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it, it that that sort of that's definitely one of the ones where I was like, I need a strategy on this because I kind of have an idea what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm missing something. Mm. Tell me, tell me, internet, how do you beat a crucible knight? <laughs> yeah, it's and then a- when you run into crucible knights on narrow bridges, this cr- piece of crap that was already really hard, now you're in a at the um, now the terrain is very different, and so your strategy also has to change right to adapt to this just just based on a minor terrain difference, and and that's something that yeah. I do appreciate about the game, right? Like fighting again, banished knights are my my early bane. Fighting yeah. the Banished Knight in that tiny room is mm. much more difficult straight up than fighting them in the sort of open courtyard areas where they can't just pin you in those like chain whirlwind yeah. things that they do. And that it's, you know, they're easier to manage in, in better terrain. And that I, I do appreciate that level of granularity that enemies, yeah. even in slightly different terrain, it's like, oh, the spacing here matters immensely. Um, I do appreciate yeah. that. And it's yeah. inter- I guess maybe, it's interesting. Maybe you'll run into a bear in the forest, and that's a really tight space, and you're going to get your teeth kicked in. And you'll think next time, okay, maybe I'll fight a bear in a more open space. And then you try that, and then the bear ruins you anyway. So maybe <laughs> just don't mess with a big bear. 
<laughs> you know, it's it's very funny to hear, I guess, all this discussion and talk about it. And and honestly, to me, Dark Souls hmm. reminds hmm. me of a lot of the same discussions you see, like in say the Dungeons and Dragons kind of tabletop community, when people talk about the difference between say old school D and D and the newer schools. And I think one of the big things that it comes down to, people talk a lot about exploration and lethality and player skill versus character skill and all that kind of stuff. But there's a real heavy element. I think one of the key defining features is that, um, and we see this a lot as, you know, let's say MMOs or other kind of RPGs versus say something in these kind of Souls-like vein. Um, Combat as sport versus combat as war, right? Combat as sport Generally, you kind of assume that there are equal, roughly equal parties with maybe slightly different skill sets that are trying to apply them to get just enough advantage to win an otherwise fair fight, right? Mm. That could any anybody could win, but you do have to kind of play by certain rules, and there's a certain tempo to them and that sort of thing. Whereas combat is war, is ruthless, brutal, win by any cost, use any. Any advantage that you have to the 10th degree, there is no such thing as a fair fight. And you see that even down to, there's a lot of similarities, I would say, you know, kind of as an outsider, you know, even down to things like the fact that, um, you know, runes in Elden Ring, right, or souls in the Souls games, whatever, it's both your currency and your experience. And that's very similar to in the earlier editions of D&D, basically, there was a rule, and it seems kind of silly now, but for every uh, piece of gold that you got on an adventure, that was also worth one XP to your adventurer. So if you got a treasure chest full of 100 gold, you also got 100 XP. And it seems kind of silly, like why would that give you experience? But the idea was that you were you were looting these treasures and that you would then go and spend that on more training, better equipment, you would spend it even just go down to the local tavern and buy drinks for everybody and sort of expand your sort of legend, right? Like, But it also focused the, the combat of the game because you started to realize, like, wait a minute, combat is super lethal. In a quote-unquote fair fight, I'm going to lose more often mm. than I win, and I'm going to die because you don't have yeah. many hit points, you don't have many resources. And in fact, it's better for me to try to get the gold and get out it becomes more of a heist game you know it's mm-hmm. not you're not going in there with the expectation oh i'm going to fight the goblins then i'm going to fight the goblins with the archers then i'm going to fight the goblins with the archers and the wizard because that's the fair fight thing you know you find literally any trick any tool at your disposal to circumvent combats to like why fight them let's knock out the room supports and drop the, the roof on them right like anything yeah to av- yep. to avoid actually having to engage in combat because we could die in there man but yeah you know but and it's like take take what you learned from slay the spire right exactly um yeah whereas more modern games uh, you know fifth edition D and and similar ones combat is almost like a well choreographed dance and there's this kind of feeling that i'm going to come in and use my cool abilities and the gm's going to use their cool abilities and we sort of do we do the thing we play the the game of of war right we played this kind of sport out and it that's the spectacle of it is the fun but there's not really this this idea that like i'm out to kill you i'm out to destroy your characters or something like that and you can mm. kind of see that you know these dark souls games like the and 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 elden rings and so forth it's like these games are ruthless and it's like you know it doesn't matter if you have to glitch out of the level and come up behind them it doesn't matter if you have to you know use a magic shield that 
breaks an encounter. It doesn't matter if you've got to sneak around the furniture and stab them in the back and circumvent all their combos and just kill them. Anything to win because they're doing anything they can to beat you and they're not being fair about it either. Like, understanding that perspective has helped me quite a bit. Um, at least now, you know, kind of coming to grips with the fact that, like, no, I don't, I'm not supposed to, like, walk out in the hallway and trigger a cutscene and have a long discussion with the enemy. Like, I gotta sneak up on them. I gotta use any, any, any tool, any trick, whatever to overcome them because they're trying to kill me too. <laughs> mm. And that's very different uh, from, say, yeah. an MMO where you're just like, I know I'm going to run into random mobs that even if I don't, like, even if my keyboard wasn't plugged in, I would win the fight. Like, it's just the raw numbers. My guy will just auto-attack them to death, right? There's, like, there are encounters set to be easy. And some are set to be slightly harder and some are set to be super difficult. But, like, the expectation of relatively easy fights and that sort of thing, the random encounters out there, that's not... There is no random encounter in these Souls games, right? Everything's out to kill you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, The phrase I was looking for earlier is, a win's a win. Right. If you won, that's it. You're going to need it. You're going to need these little victories to add up to get through this. Right, yeah, yeah, you gotta put a W on the board. As long as you're putting points up, right? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The worst feeling, I would say, in any any uh, Souls game where you're, you have this liquid experience or liquid gold that you're holding on to is the first time you lose a stupid amount. Yeah. Especially if it's for a reason that was totally preventable mm-hmm. and you were cocky about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'll take... 70,000 runes into this platforming area where if I miss a jump, I'll die. Oh no, I died. If if I don't recover it on the next jump, it's gone forever. And then you fall and you just gotta learn to let go. Like, it's just gone. It's just gone. And that's... um, that the Those end up being, like, if it happens to... Because usually it's like a new game, new game plus or plus plus where the values get like stupid high. Mm. Like I think my character needs something like 300,000, 380,000 runes for a level now. Oh god. Um if you lose that, oh that's a terrible feeling. <laughs> what right. a terrible terrible feeling. I think I'm going to take a break. I think I don't want to <laughs> I want to stop for a bit. Like that's usually what happens when <laughs> that happens before I put all But then also the okay. <laughs> also, I guess I guess maybe um to discount my own words here uh, there is a very, very cheesy farming spot that you can get to pretty easy uh, at a very low level. And, like, the strategy is, like, you're tricking a, a, a mob to run off of a cliff and you get, like, 20,000 runes every time you do it. Something like that. Um, I'm gonna need those deets when we get off this call. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, there's some like internal struggle when it's that easy to do, and I don't think they've patched it. Um, however, certain things get really expensive, and also at that point where I'm talking about with the three hundred thousand is a thing. Uh, sometimes you just need a little bit, and I don't want to. If you're gonna be collecting, you're just gonna go out and farm runes anyway, right? You might as well just have it done sooner rather than later so you can get back to whatever you're planning on doing. Like, yeah. leveling weapons up to their maximum is... It costs you runes, and also you have to, like, collect the materials for it. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, just let's cut out the middle man, go do some farming for like 10 minutes, and then I can use this new weapon. Like you, it makes, it makes a lot more, um, I can just hop back in, you know, I want to, this, right. this weapon's fun. I want to try it out, but it's plus two instead of plus 24, you know, mm-hmm. like, can we just get to that point so I can actually see if it's viable? Uh, right exactly or something like that and yeah. I, I i do feel like that is one of the i don't know if weakness is the right word but it's like again take something like dragon quest or, or, or kind of a grindy rpg like there are times when i need some levels i need some gold i'm just gonna go out and run around in circles around the town and press a a bunch until i win enough gold and levels to keep going to what i want to do but at least in those kinds of scenarios when there's an obvious grind i need to get through it doesn't really require my full attention so i can listen to a podcast i can watch an anime i can watch, you know like i can do something else whereas you know these encounters they do demand enough for your attention that you can't just like just be randomly clicking and grind through but you do still have to grind so it's yeah. like these fights aren't life or death but i have to intensely focus on them like they were life or death like just give me a way to get some runes and let's 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 again like you said let's cut out the middleman who are we kidding here (laughs) yeah yep exactly i'm not doing this to grow as a player i'm not doing this to deepen my knowledge i just need you're not impressing anybody with it yeah exactly it's not that's not the point everybody already did it just as long as you're enjoying it who cares right i don't care right yeah so Um, that that's that's one of those things like i definitely I would feel no qualms about tricking. I mean, Lord, Lord knows the game has tricked me off enough cliffs. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah. it's only fair to trick the game off a cliff every now and then. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does feel, it does, it does feel pretty good. Like, <laughs> and it turns out that spot is actually, that same spot ends up becoming like an insane farm when, when you have like a crazy AOE attack later on. Oh, okay. Like, like towards end game you're you, you're probably gonna have this like super aoe stuff that you can use and it i forget exactly how much i think it, it jumps from like 20 to like fifty thousand every oh time you Lord. do it oh, it's great it's great <laughs> yeah um let's see what was this one gonna say there um hmm. oh there was something else i was gonna say had it on the tip of my tongue ran away I guess I will say that um, to to bring, I guess, the MMO comparison back on some level, this is like an MMO if every fight counted. Because, mm. again, there, there's, you know, it, that is the opposite effect. And, and I mean that as a positive in the sense that, like, everything matters. And you have to learn where all these things are. There's a thousand subsystems and there's all these locations, all these monsters. Uh, and every single fight, is, there are no trash mobs, right? Like, every single fight is critical. And if you let even one of these goobers swing at you enough times, they will hit you and hurt you. So you do have to take it seriously and play it. But on top of that, I mean, there is the sense that, like in MMO, you know, one of the big draws for those style of games is the scope, right? It's like, look at this massive world with all these places to go and all these things to do and all these characters to see. And, like, Elden Ring has that in spades. I mean, there is just so much. I mean, the 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 size of the game and the amount of things in it is incredibly overwhelming in a good way. There are so many things that you can do in places you can visit and so forth 
um, so you get that kind of, and maybe that's part of the appeal too, is like you get that kind of MMO scope of experience, but you, uh, you don't, it doesn't feel like it's just kind of straight monotony all the way through. Like it feels like you're really, it feels like you're really in it when you're in it, uh, in a very lived and real way. And every single, sure, MMOs look pretty, you know, oh, this is a nice looking castle and this is a nice looking field. But like we were talking about every piece of terrain, every, it, ma- it makes a huge difference whether you're fighting in a, a cloistered study versus a, a, a narrow path along a cliffside, right? Like these are two vastly different encounters and some of your tricks don't work here because you could fall off the edge. Whereas in an MMO, at least a lot of the modern ones, like they don't really, a lot of that stuff just doesn't matter. It's like you're clicking crabs on the beach, you're clicking goblins in the forest. You're, you know, it's it's the same thing. Hmm. Who cares? Until a lot of the usually it's in-game content, right? Like a lot of that stuff is usually based on like, you know, oh, the in-game raids and stuff, where you do need to really learn and focus on those patterns and things. So I think that there's that appeal of that sort of MMO-like scope, but action combat is so intense and rewarding when it goes off really well. Uh, which makes the content on display feel that much bigger. Like it's just like, oh my god, the size of the world and the sheer number of things to do in it, and you multiply it by how much time it's going to take you to fight through all those all those guys. It starts to really be impressive, just the, the sheer amount of game on display. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's. Um, I've had this conversation with other people, um, but for I think maybe. They, kind of touched on this idea with Slay the Spire. It's like 10 bucks for... That's a lot. That's a lot of game. That's mm-hmm. a lot of game for $10. Um, Elden Ring, I think, is like 60 at the base, something mm-hmm. like that. And in terms of pre-DLC, no microtransaction, no nonsense. This is, this is the game that you get. And... They're gonna make some adjustments. It's it. You get so much game. Like there's so much to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I I, I want to have this conversation again after you've, you know, you're towards the end of it, so to really just look back and see everything that you've experienced. Because, mm-hmm. um, in terms of maps, in terms of enemy variation, in terms of like options that you have for combat and sort of aggressive play that don't involve combat, like the stuff that you can do in this game. And the systems that interact and combine and and that you can take advantage of or that you get wrecked by. Like, there's stuff that, like, if it's raining, lightning spells will do extra damage. Mm. Like, there's, you know, little little things that are in there that, that spice it up. And maybe you can't exactly use that to your advantage all the time, but it's there. Right. You know? It makes the it's, world feel somehow fairer. And there's like another element of verisimilitude to it, yeah. Sort of uh, in, in immersion, right? That that ever elusive immersion. Yeah, there's a there's a popular uh, to to go back to the the idea of looking at guides and stuff. There's a few popular videos that are like ten things I wish I knew, you know, before I started playing this game or something like that. Mm-hmm. That those I would recommend almost every time because it's like little things that you didn't really know about. Like something I didn't learn until you know maybe thirty plus hours into the game is that you can actually favorite bonf or bonfire. You can favorite grace graces. Mm. Like you could mark them with a little symbol, and then it'll have its own menu. 
So if it's a place that you feel like you're going to be visiting or you wanted to go back to later, you've you've bookmarked it. And that's oh, that's, nice. that's it's so nice. It's so nice. <laughs> like the 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 but it's something that's very easily lost because mm. um, th- there's something also about uh, I guess since we're talking about the map, um, you the game only tells you about the piece of of the world that you've already experienced or discovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, to start, it feels huge, especially compared to previous Souls games. Uh, but there's a sense that like this map is going to keep growing the further I ex- the more I explore. And almost a sense that's much further away that I don't want it to stop. <laughs> I don't want it to stop. Um, but then there's there's parts of it that are like, gee, like how freaking big is this map anyway? Because uh, I don't know if you've already heard this, but there's an underside to it. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I've heard that there's other... That, 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 I, I, yes, I've heard that there's other sort of little pocket areas and stuff you can get to. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just like a sewer, which it maybe there are sewers, but it's not just a sewer. There's mm. even wow, it's it's. I I don't want to say that I would do this because I don't I didn't want to pay this, but like this is in terms of content, it at least it's like a hundred. This would be at least a hundred dollar game, right? Like. I wouldn't complain about paying $100 for this game because of how much it, it actually delivered on. Mm. You know? Um, but, but, I mean, that's... Obviously, there's a lot going on there with value and stuff. Right, exactly. And, I mean, there's I mean, there's certainly something to be said. We've been in the era of... I remember when the $60 game was a new concept, mm. you know, what, 15, mm-hmm. 16 years ago or something like that, and now... It's almost like, God, how have they managed to keep it that low? Obviously, DLC and season passes, and that's where we get a lot of these other things. But it is amazing how much game is there um, already. And I, I guess there is something... It, it, there's like a dueling feeling in me. In that, like, okay, take another, say, open-world experience. It, it's a similar one. I don't know. I, I say similar. But something like, say, like a Far Cry game or something. that, that Games that I played quite a bit of. There's yeah. a t- there's huge maps, lots of locations, and you have but you have lots of just like sort of checkboxy things you're doing, get the posters off the wall, climb the radio towers, all these kinds of things that you're checking off. Oh, pardon me. These little, pardon me. You have all these little tasks that you're checking off, and in a one sense, it's nice that the game validates that like if you get good at it, you stay good at it. But there's also a sense that, like, well, I've done this about 15 times, and there's 10 more, and none of the individual boxes will mean anything to me. I'll just be able to say, I found them all. Like, they don't, yeah. they don't actually mean, like, getting to the top of them means nothing. It's the same kind of thing. I'm not growing or learning anything as a player. I've already solved the puzzle. I'm just going to solve it very mechanically a few more times, and boom, now I'm done. But something like Elden Ring, where there's a huge expansive world and you know there's so many different enemy types and so many different places to explore and nooks and crannies and so forth, it does validate the scope of it because you're going to have to learn new things everywhere you go. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, and it does feel good to have, I, I guess, uh, one thing that I hope I find more of um, is little experiences. So, like, I got, I got really fed up with the Stormvale stuff. I hit a wall. I ran off to go do some other things. And when you head sort of east of Stormvale, and again, this is first area stuff, uh, there's, like, a bridge. And there's a couple of these, like, horsemen that are riding around out there that have these big kind of curved double-handed swords, and they're on horseback. And um, the first time I fought one, I just was kind of using my basic fighting instincts. And I realized, okay, he caught me caught me once, but then I defeated him. Like, he just got me, you know, with one hit in. And I was like, okay, I get their attack pattern. And then the very next one I fought, I killed without getting hurt. Because I learned, you know, it was like, oh, experience it once. Took a little bit of damage. Immediately applied knowledge. Defeated. And I've not been hit by one since. Like, I, I do like that experience. And I feel like... I do feel like there could be, I know for, for newish people like myself, that is what I hope is going, like I, that's the experience I'm really looking for. Ooh, what's this guy? Oh, I took a couple hits from him. Oh, I get it now. Defeat him. And then immediately can apply and defeat again. As opposed to what often happens, which is like I fight my way through some trash guys that as long as I have a pulse, I should be able to defeat these guys. And I just keep running into this wall of like, no matter how much I see, like, it's just like, oh my God, I'm just getting crushed here. And I don't feel like I'm, I can't, like, am I just inherently bad at these games? Or have I just not seen the solution to the puzzle yet or whatever? I, I very much value the, the experience I had fighting the horseman because mm. it, it's like, look, you, you did pay a price because you didn't know, but you didn't pay an entire health. You didn't immediately lose all progress and have to restart. You learned, oh, this is one of the things he can do. Watch out for that. And you get a chance to apply it again and show yourself, hey, you've already grown as a player right there. And that seeing that little bit of growth meant a lot to me. And mm. in some ways felt more rewarding and validating than some of the bosses we fought. Because it's like, again, not having to pay the ultimate price for not knowing one thing. You know, Again, the first few times I went up against the Banished Knight in the Dark Room, it was like surprise nerd pushed in a corner dead. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like I didn't even get a chance to learn anything. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do feel like that, that is something that, and, and maybe part of the appeal is that there are so few experience. Like the experience is like that, that it's just grueling and you're going to mm. lose. And, you know, I know that's why a lot of people come to it, but I do think, especially because I, I, I personally don't consider myself, I'm not a pro gamer or anything, but I'm pretty good at games. I play quite a bit of them. Um, hmm. uh, uh, to, to relate it to, we talked about Neo a little bit, um, a bit ago, again, by Team Ninja. I remember, you know, Ninja Gaiden has always been, you know, for myself, when people talk about Souls Likes, I'm like, oh, it's like how people used to talk about Ninja Gaiden. Because Ninja yeah. Gaiden was like that series for a long time, back in the yeah, 80s yeah, that's right. and so forth. Uh, yeah. And the 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 reboot they did and the early aughts or whatever with the new it was just Ninja Gaiden on Xbox and then they did I think it was was it Black and then Sigma I forget but like that that game had a similar rep like that it was incredibly challenging and I really dedicated myself to that game and got really really good at it and I and I just recently they just put out the Master Collection for that picked it up again and yeah it was grueling but I beat the first game again and that's not an easy game. Um, it's a little more arcadey and it's a little bit more 
twitchy at times. It's a little more, sometimes you're just moving on instinct. Um, but uh, there's a sense that I mean, it's still a very challenging game. And I was like, yeah, hey, I am pretty good at games, dang it. Like, <laughs> I'm not that bad. I'm not that old. <laughs> like, you know, and obviously I had some background with it. But, like, those are in pretty intense third-person action games, I would say. And it's not just, oh, you're definitely going to win. It's just a matter of can you get a platinum score on your way out of the level. Like, you, you have to really learn some of those encounters and learn some of those enemies uh, and manage quite a bit. So... It, I guess it's shocking at times how badly I do in these Dark Souls and, and in Elden Ring. Like sometimes I just get completely clocked, and I'm like, "Have I ever played games before? <laughs> <laughs> Why?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's part of the magic, though. I mean, the, the, any of my, I would say, the clips that I enjoy the most are when something completely ridiculous happened and. Or things worked out in a way that I wasn't prepared for, and I ended mm. up dying. It cracks me up. Like, <laughs> oh, save that one. That one's that's a keeper. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. So it the it definitely does go catastrophically wrong. That's for sure. Um, mm. Though I, I hopefully for the folks listening at home, it's okay for it to go wrong, and in fact it probably is going to, and you just kind of have to be at peace with that. <laughs> yep. And I guess my big, my big pro tip is definitely the, the, the rolling thing. Like I, I distinctly remember one of the banished knights with the halberds. Um, mm -hmm. They, they do this thing where they sweep around, they hit you jump up and come back down on you. And the first time he did that to me, like, he hit me, and I was, like, trying to block, but I was just like, oh, no, bro, and, like, the axe came down, and I died. But then oh, the yeah. second time, like, even though you, like, you get hit, but even though you can't block, you can do your little duck and roll thing. So I was just like, mm. see ya! Like, I just kind of, I just transformed into a tiny car and rolled away. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, I didn't intend to do it. I wasn't like, ah, oh, I will definitely experiment with this. I was just like... I got frustrated that I got hit again. I was like, man, I just hit a bunch of buttons. And I was like, oh, wait, I can roll. That seems kind of weird. It seems weird that my guy is, like, so stunned he can't raise his arm. But he's like, ha-ha, and just, like... <laughs> yeah, the roll is a... There is a cancel, uh, if you think about it, like a fighting game. Rolls yeah. Uh, you, you can cancel out of attacks by rolling. Yeah. It... Um, there is a pretty significant stamina... Um, cost to roll to spamming the roll which i think is what ends up being why maybe you wouldn't get away with doing it too too often sure you know one too many rolls means that the next attack that you could have blocked or maybe roll away from that's you it, then you end up paying for it in hp instead, sure right sure yeah i, I guess it's just surprising how nimble you are in that sense when a lot of the game's visual language makes it mm. seem like you're like you think like a lot of like when you watch like the sword like if i'm just like doing the sword and shield guy stuff it feels mm -hmm. like i'm playing like samurai showdown like if i hit a button i better be ready i'm about to commit 
right? Yeah. I'm about, to, I'm about it, it's like, it, it, it makes you feel like you're sending a letter. Like I'm going to write a letter and it's going to say, I'm going to heavy attack you, sir. And I put my postage on it and I put it in the mail and I wait and hope that it arrives in time. But then mm. like the, 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 the rolling, it's like some of your like acrobatic options, even in full armor and stuff are, are almost like, it feels like I'm playing NBC two. Like it feels like I'm playing, a different fighting game all of a sudden it's like oh, like i can just like get yeah. away and it's like oh yeah. i don't understand why that's possible that seems weird and it's like is it it's hard to tell it is that is that like intentional was i supposed to know that <laughs> but you know I, I, that that that's been a weird discovery that has improved my game I'm much better at killing the guys now that I roll more often than I block i i literally almost just block as a way to get a parry Right, I don't really find myself blocking to actually soak damage per se. It's just like yeah. I need to open this guy up for a parry strike. Right. Which is odd. It doesn't. It, there, it doesn't there, make. There sense are anymore. there are also like like I said with these like you know ten things I wish I knew before I started. There's some finessing with blocking that actually I don't know if you do this or not. But uh, you're actually sort of better off uh, releasing the block between hits because you re- right, your, your stamina, stamina replenishes. Right. Right. Yeah. So because otherwise, yeah, you're gonna take a bunch and then get staggered a lot sooner. Exactly. Or if you're using a shield that, and this is where it, what sort of gets lost in the UI and maybe why you would end up wanting to look up stuff. Not all shields block damage perfectly. Smaller shields or certain, depending on the material it is it could have only like a 75% block. So even though right. you're blocking, you might still take damage. And then if you don't know about the that factor, you might think shields are just totally worthless and garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. But then also, if you use, if you, um, this was my turtley strategy in the first Souls games, um, I would go shield and spear because uh, with the spear, you can attack while you're blocking. You can actually hold up your shield and then okay. poke around the side. Okay. So it's a little it's a little less interesting, but it's also safer. And sometimes you just need to do a little damage without taking too much damage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. No, absolutely. Now. Yeah. Um. So Elden Rings, I guess the other big component here is multiplayer. Like that's that. Yes. Obviously, the there was a multiplayer aspect of prior games, but this one obviously implements it very differently. Hmm. And I think that definitely flavors, it certainly flavors my perception of it. I'm curious what you see of it as a long-term Souls player and like how it's really, I mean, obviously it's allowed us to play together, which is fun, but like, how does it alter your perception? Like, do you still think of Elden Ring as a single player game? Does the community? I mean, I never did. I never, I never really considered, as long as there are multiplayer options, uh, it's a multiplayer game. Mm. Like... There's, uh, I don't remember how Sekiro did it at all, but even like Bloodborne, previous Souls games, they had this interaction with the worlds where you're maybe a little bit stronger um, for being connected or being online, uh, but then you have the risk of, you have the advantage of being able to summon people, but then also the risk of being invaded, which is a whole, that's a whole other discussion. Right. Um, I kind of, I mean, it's functional. But at this point, I kind of wish they would just do lobbies. Like, mm. come up with your, you know, 
fantasy version of lobbies. Can we just drop the the? <laughs> they won't. <laughs> Maybe they will never do it. Uh, but can we just drop it and can we just? Because there's it's a lot smoother. It is a lot smoother than it has been in a long time. The way the passwords are set up and the 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 way that you can very easily easy for FromSoft to connect with friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we just do the lobbies? Let's let's. You guys already accepted all these different you know quality of life changes. You already made it really smooth and really fun. You basically put in checkpoints that you can warp to at any time, unless there's a story thing going on that would mm-hmm. prevent it. Just let's do lobbies. And then because there's this mystery also, like um, if both of you have cleared that map, like the purpose of it is for me to help you out if I'm further ahead or that we're both experiencing it for the first time. If. Yeah, because then if you beat a boss, then you can help. If I help you beat a boss, then you can help me beat a boss. But if both of us have beaten it, then we can't summon each other in that area anymore. Um. So, and then I didn't understand that for a while until I looked up some stuff and it turned out, yeah, that's, that's what it is. You can't, um, you don't need help anymore. So why would you need to summon somebody into the space and just make it clear? Like, why did I need to go and look that up? Like I wasted, you know, 20 minutes, like telling somebody my sign was over here because there's a little bit more to this area that we've didn't clear out, but the boss is defeated, you know? Like, just, Um, but that being said, this is uh, much, much more convenient than, hey, I hid my sign under the stairs. I hope we're on the same server. Uh, (laughs) Don't, are you summoning me right now? Nope, that was somebody else. I'm going to leave theirs, their game. Like, so the password stuff, yes, it's an improvement. Let's just, can we just. Come on, can we stop with this? Like, right. That that that's sort of where I'm at. It's it. a like, holdover, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. At, at some point, begrudgingly given us, given given to us. Um, <laughs> but I'm yeah. Uh, it is, but it is to, a way to share that playground experience. Mm. Also, like, hey, I can take you over here. I'm not just showing you a video of this thing I did. Right. Let's go check this out. Let's go check it out. Let's go. Now, come on, come on. Let's we've go. mostly you and I have mostly done it in the early area stuff. I, I'm curious because, um, hmm. as we mentioned, spacing is critical in a lot yeah. of these fights, and certainly in Stormvale. Now, I realize that's a legacy dungeon, so it, it's it's intentionally sort of older. But it's like there's a lot of spaces where I don't know how you would do this as a multiplayer fight. Like, have you seen? Do you feel like the game? as it goes forward, continues to support a kind of multiplayer perspective in terms of how the fights are set up and how the combats work? Uh, I would say largely it wasn't an issue. There is like a like near end game area that, or I guess like kind of secret area that I feel like you're probably better off soloing because the paths are so narrow. Right, right. That if you tried to, you could, you could, you know, especially if it's with a buddy that you're talking to, you could coordinate a little bit better. But the, it feels like you could fall off of it so easily that it would be just really frustrating with another person. Mm, Right. There's a lot of enemies in this area specifically. There's a lot of enemies that have AOE um, that also 
like have knockback. So if you get hit with one arrow or whatever, you go flying off the edge, it's over. Right. (laughs) Start over, get ready. Like you just, that's one where you just run through it. So like, just run. (laughs) Don't, don't, (laughs) don't bring anybody. Don't bring any runes. Just run, 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 run. (laughs) Leave your runes behind. Um, Yeah. Um, But I would say like, the further along you get, the harder things get. So you actually have to strategize. Like if you, especially if you're playing with buddies, some of the best experiences I have in, in this and also like, um, like Monster Hunter, you have to strategize. You have to be go in with a game plan. You learn some of the patterns, but there's some stuff that like, uh, there's there's a particular, I guess it's a mini boss. There's a particular mini boss that's sort of end game. It's it's he he has like a piece of a key that you need to get to the secret area. Okay. Um, <clears throat> in the fight, this dude su- immediately summons two frosty vanished knights. So, <laughs> mm, a lot of fun, really exciting. Uh, and if you if you get rid of them, he immediately cuts to his phase two, um, which he wouldn't activate, or he will only activate if you. Uh, I guess uh, he immediately gets to it. But if you get him to 50% elf, that will also activate a second phase. I see. So you, you're you actually better off. Like if you're struggling with this guy, at least that in, in the experiences that I had, you're better off um, if, let's say you have two players, better cases if you have three players. If you have two players that distract the knights, just baiting attacks, maybe not even killing them. Um, and then another person gets gets uh the mini boss to 50 percent right and then when he switches to phase two you only have 50 more 50 percent more damage to do right and, and okay they rather than a whole knights. right and then well the knights disappear at that point anyway oh so they just disappear oh okay yeah well, then, yeah 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 so it's like that that kind of like tactical aspect to it especially like okay uh, a really fun one is like if you're struggling with something and you're like okay that didn't work Let's try this thing. We got really close that one time. Maybe if we change it up. Like, yeah, there's another boss that, like, when you get him to his phase two, he drinks your blood. Oh, no. With this, like, crazy spell that brings him back up to, like, 75%. So now his phase two is at 75%. But there's something you could do, which I end- we ended up looking up, to block the blood drinking. So that you could go into the phase two at 50% and also while he's trying to drink your blood, you can keep doing damage to him. Mm. Like, we got so good at it at that point that we actually killed him before he moved on to a second phase. <laughs> Which is incredible. Like, he was, like, sitting there trying to, like, regain his health, and it, we got him down to zero before he could start doing any other attacks. That's amazing. And that's when you say, a win's a win. I don't want to deal with that guy anymore. We're done. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's... Uh, that's part of the magic, you know? Okay. okay. Like, yeah, the struggle, but, like, struggling when you're there with somebody else. That lead, this, like, was it, uh, uh, friendship forged in flames kind of. Right, yeah. Kind of <laughs> um, and yeah. I will say that, uh, the experience you've had, I really, of course, of course, I enjoy playing games with you, but I, I infinitely enjoy the Elden Ring experience more playing alongside someone else. Um, hmm. but the invasion thing I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it in theory like hmm. okay invasions only happen if I bring somebody else in so it's like sure 
you're you're able to get some help but there's a risk kind of a risk reward thing there that's fine i guess but it's like the the connection issues that i frequently saw where it's like oh it's one thing when it's like this this new person knows what they're doing and we have to learn to deal with their build or whatever on the fly and that was part of the kind of tense fun of it there's another thing when mm-hmm. it's like, okay, they're just their latency is so bad, they're just kind of jumping all over the place, and oh, I guess I got hit. Like it, it feels like a complete joke when that happens. Yeah, and it, really it, soured me on the invasion stuff. Right, and and in that scenario, it feel it almost feels like the game is designed to be a lot more forgiving of invaders with poor with high latency, right, versus partners with high latency. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what like how those decisions are made but it doesn't feel good no it doesn't and it's not and it's uh it's almost like a it, it's so you almost don't know what to expect so um it, it's it's distracting i think from mm-hmm. like just enjoying it with a buddy where you're uh you're running around and you're almost to the next checkpoint, but then an invader shows up and you, maybe you make the decision to try to fight them. And then now you have to start over again. Like, right. And then I think when we were last, one of the last times we were playing, we got invaded by the same person multiple times. And I was, I was getting irritated. Like, yeah, it's... if not go away, please go away. Yeah. And go it, away. it was one of those things where it didn't, the, I was surprised at how, like, I knew that there was going to be, you know, I was like, I'm sure if other people can invade, there's going to be some frustrations involved or whatever. But that mechanic pretty much wore out its welcome immediately for me. And yeah. I, I guess I'm curious what the other, the rest of the community responses to it because I was like, wow, I basically hate this already. I'm trying to have fun with a friend and uh, I'm not having fun. Yeah. Do other people like that mechanic? Like, do they. I- I don't know. I personally, I can't stand it. When if somebody invades, I immediately get irritated. I'm already in a bad mood. Oh, right. Uh, and then, nah, and and you know, but at the same time, like if when if, if I succeed at, at repelling the invader, oh, I'm gonna teabag that person. I would enjoy it, and I would enjoy it. You piece of garbage. <laughs> you get what you um, deserve. Yeah, it's if they die, and especially if they die in a funny way, even better. Uh, like, right. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, I guess some fun can be had if you learn to enjoy it a little bit. Uh, there is a way to. I don't. I think you've picked this item up already. You can disguise yourself as like a, a, a an element from the area that you're in. Okay. It randomly turns you into that object. And so if you place it well enough, you can get the jump on them. Or if, even funnier, if they see you do it, and then you end up with some kind of wacky, wacky scenario. <laughs> like, the best the best invasions I've had were when I end up wasting their time, or we end up in this really dumb... Like, they kind of get it. Like, one of the times I was just trying to log off, and I got invaded, and I was really close to this point, or I was kind of near this point, and, and I don't know how we got to it. But it, uh, the other player, I think I, I emoted at them and they emoted back. And then I think I just took off all my armor and they took off all their armor and weapons. And we were just punching each other with no, like completely unarmed. <laughs> and that's a really fun scenario that you can find yourself in. 
Um, that but I almost like feel like you got to be in rather than the rule. I would imagine. Yeah, you. I feel like you've got to be in the mood for it. But you yeah. know, sometimes you just want to get through this area, and oh my god, not now, please. Right. Like, I, I guess. I guess my thinking is like. <laughs> I don't know what playtesting was white, but I can't imagine it's like after more than a few rounds that somebody's feedback wouldn't have been. What if this was fun though? Because it's not. <laughs> it's currently yeah. the opposite of fun. I mean, I'm sure yeah. if you like to invade other people, it must be a blast because you know yeah, there, you're an agent. There's of something chaos. you. There is a fixed item that you get from it, which I understand why somebody would want to farm. It's just annoying. Right. Uh, it's a thing because you don't. I think you, yeah, you wouldn't have this item yet. No. There's an item called a rune arc that you get when you kill somebody. There's other ways to get it. That's one of the most reliable methods of farming it because mm. you can keep doing that over and over. Um, and it, it basically, if you use the item, depending on what great rune you have equipped, it it could like significantly. I think it's like a plus five to all of your stats is the one I like to use, mm. which that could be whether or not I can hold a certain weapon or equip certain things. Right, you know? right. So that, that I understand why you would do it. I understand, like, there's a value to it. But also, please go away. I don't want to deal with this right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> please, please go don't. away. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Elden Ring is heck of a game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely the the best of these that I've played. And I find myself yeah. enjoying it the most. It's still a slog for me but i'm getting there mm. and i'm getting better and i'm learning you know i'm i'm learning uh i i, I feel like i'm improving and starting yeah. to get it of course it's still very intimidating but it is a very it's a I, I can't argue with any of the sort of creative choices of the game in terms of its visuals and its setup like it, it's an immaculately crafted experience um i feel like a lot of games that Maybe not a lot of games, but there is a sort of sense that, like, with some of these, the, the, there's some caveats. Like, oh, well, you have to, you know, like, yeah, it looks kind of old. Or, oh, I know, it, it's hard to do that. Like, the game runs smooth as butter. It's it's very yeah. easy to do. It's, it's, just, it's just managing and learning the, you know, almost like a fighting game. Learning your spacing, learning how long it takes for certain attacks and abilities to wind up. And exploring all those systems they are incredibly dense and they are incredibly uh, obtuse and people talk about them like it's very obvious but once you do figure it out there is a rewarding sense of like okay i discovered this i know how to do this now and i'm, I'm sort of learning and growing within the game so that's i definitely can't argue with any of it on that level right it's just like i do have to kind of be in the right mood for it like i know i'm about to sit down and go through something Every time I boot it up, it's not like ah, right. I'll just unwind real quick after work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't help me unwind, but it it is it is a very good experience, top to bottom. Uh, anything else before we jump into Twitter questions? Uh, no, I don't think I had anything okay. to touch on. So we got quite a few Twitter questions this time. Um, let's right, see. Let's, let's hammer through them. <laughs> so, uh, from Fruity Dinosaur, they asked, this is going to have to be for you, how many attempts for Melania? Oh, um, shoot. I didn't keep, I didn't count on that one. 
what happened there? I definitely had help. It wasn't from our uh, glorious god king. Let me solo her. Um, <laughs> but I think what, what ended up happening was, and this is maybe a strategy that's useful for you, uh, is what's nice is if you're up against a new boss that you don't know how to ha- handle, put your sign down in one of those public pools mm. and try to help out a stranger and see what their strategies are, see what the other people who oh, end up joining are. Because then, you know, if you don't want to consult the guide, at least you can see, oh, this person did this. What are they doing? Can I try to pull that off? Right. Leverage the, um, the group approach, essentially use it to your advantage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely had help with, with her. Um, I think people were using this. I It's the spell that I liked. I ended up picking up afterwards because I liked it a lot. Where you throw a bunch of, like, you, you uh, it, it's a... It's the word at this point. I can't remember what the word is. It's the thing where you throw out a bunch of flies at home in on the enemy and do a bunch of bleed damage. Okay. It's, yeah, it's really satisfying to use. I love using it on invaders because I hate them. And if they bleed to death, even better. <laughs> uh, also, it's just gross. So it's kind of cool to use. But um, I, I genuinely don't remember how many times. It, I don't think it was that bad. I, had, I, I would say... For me, the worst or the one that was that felt like it took forever was the final boss. But mm. yeah, okay, uh, that's a, that's a good insight though about possibly um, using using multiplayer not necessarily to help but to scout other people's approaches. I like that idea. Uh, yeah. Fluffy boy liker asks favorite area aesthetically gameplay wise. Again, more for you. I've only mm. really explored like a uh, area. <laughs> yeah 10 10 12 hours in and i'm in the opening (laughs) i think the underground area because it's not it's not uh i guess not how what i would have expected that one i can't remember what it's called off the top of my head but it's it's beautiful i i adore that area so much um alternative answer maybe crumbling for missoula like the idea, the idea of that. If you, if when you get to it, you'll maybe you'll know what I mean. It's so, I don't know. It's really cool. I really like that one. Mm. Bosses are a lot, but it's fine. It's, that's the game, <laughs> right? That's the game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Merksimers asks, uh, which boss do you wish could have? Do you wish you could have been in-game story friends with instead? Oh, um, I'll tell you right now. I don't know if Scion counts as a boss, but since I have to get past him, I wish we could be friends. So I could just get past you, the fight. I think you can. You can summon one of those. I think. Oh, really? I think you can get the Ash to summon them. So maybe you'll have your wish granted there. Um, <laughs> oh, I guess boss that's, a, that's another thing. Sorry, that's another thing we didn't really What's talk that? about the summoning Ashes. Um, oh yeah, that's totally how, new. Yeah, yeah. It, like. I've only really been in one area that I've been able to use it, um, mm-hmm. and it was interesting. It was different, but I, I guess how do you feel about the summoning thing writ large? It's awesome. It's great, and I love the and especially I love the jokes around the mimic tier. Like you know, you know the one I'm talking about. It, there, there is a thing that lets you summon a perfect copy of you. Okay. Down to every piece of gear that you have equipped and every spell that you have equipped. Okay. Uh, they actually had to tune it down because it was beating bosses 
for the player. That's funny. Um, but so they they turned. I don't know if they turned its aggression down or its its damage output, but it's still a great tank. And you can even do some finagling where you could equip all like maximum like the best defense you possibly could have, and then and then summon it, then quickly switch to your your more aggressive gear, and it will tank for you. That's hilarious. Like that's it's wonderful. Summoning Ash is great. If I could change something, I would let you summon them everywhere. I don't care. Like I wish that that was the case. <laughs> it took it, it took me like, a minute to figure out. It's like you can summon these now. I'm like, all right, I will try to summon them. Why can't I summon yeah. them? Until I figure out, oh, yeah. it's like there's an icon. Oh, yeah, that's even yeah, weird. yeah. Like, let's just, that's another one is like, just, this is great. Let's just let me do that wherever. Forget about right. the other part. Like, sorry, um, we... but the, I, I, not to, to put it on a tangent there, but I forgot that was a new mechanic. But it, sorry, it, uh, boss you wish you could have been in-game friends with. Right. Um, maybe Horalu. Horlu was pretty cool. Seemed like I, a cool cat. I, I can't. I can't. I don't want to get into that too much. <laughs> but okay, I'll just. I'll know that you crafted a friendship bracelet in your inventory for Horlu, yeah, and I'll just keep Horlou. that in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, our buddy Dan asks uh, if you could make any Souls-like game with a media you enjoy, either like anime or Sentai, comic books, etc. Which would you choose? Bonus: uh, Who would you wish to be thy fair maiden from said media tie-in? So a new, some sort of adapted. So it plays like Souls, but it's based on an existing piece of media. That's what that sounds like. The question, or yeah, some some kind of media we enjoy. Hmm. Huh. I mean, that's that's definitely hmm. a challenge. I mean, on the one, le- I mean, obviously, Sekiro and Bloodborne are kind of not ex- explicitly dark, sort of Western dungeon fantasy, but they are kind of adjacent concepts um, in just being like gritty, down to earth as a rule um i think if you're calling either of them down to earth i feel like you're that that shows how little experience you have (laughs) well i just mean like like i'm kidding i'm kidding you're not like a superhero per se like you have to always be on it there's a sense of lethality for you yes right i mean the enemies are ridiculous but like you're supposed to be like i'm just a little guy hey it's my birthday come on (laughs) While yeah. you know a a, go- a a a dead god tries to kill you with its ninety five arms or whatever, um, sure, yeah. An existing piece of media for this. I mean, I guess it seems to me like a pretty easy out would be something in sort of a Mediterranean vibe, like a Greek mythos, like Clash of the Titans, you know, Odysseus or something like that. Um, that hmm. feels that would be certainly a fun new setting too. Like you could go island hopping, and there could be like a ship mechanic and crew or something like that. Um, hmm. You know, certainly it fits that sort of uh, mythic ideal, right? These like sort of semi-powerful mortals or demigods facing up just horrifying entities and beings beyond them. Um, I think that could be an easy fit. I don't know if that counts as an existing IP. I guess if I said Clash of the Titans, that kind of that kind of fits. Mm. I feel like I had an answer for this. Because um, I was, you know, they're, they're really rooted in fantasy, but I kind of what, this was like a, a brainstorm or a daydreaming of like a more sci-fi kind of take on it. Mm. 
Uh, but I can't remember what it would be. Like, what... Something that's sort of set in a modern, a more modern setting or a sci-fi setting. Like a near future kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then an aspect of this is these t- things tend to be pretty old or there's something, there's something about it that's, they've been rotting for a long time and that's, right. that's part of the soup. So I don't know. I mean, there's definitely, uh, that, that, I think the hard thing that, that would be to pull off is matching the sense of just like loneliness in these games. There's a real yes. sense that's like, it's just you, buddy. And like, yeah, you're defeating enemies, but they're all like, you know, animated pots and pans and skeletons and weird meat dogs and stuff, or just like mindless creatures. You're not like encountering, at least it doesn't feel like you're encountering a lot of like, just like normal people. Like that doesn't really... Yeah, even the sort it's of very of, rare that you run into like a, a, a warm-blooded human. Right, like you're fighting yeah. these these like even the little the little ones you fight. So it's like it's hard. A lot of media properties don't focus on like a single individual by themselves. And even if they're you know post-apocalyptic, say this is the North Star, oh. Mad, Mad Max or something. Like, okay, you would meet a lot of like regular people there, and that doesn't really seem to fit the vibe. Got it. Right as soon as you said that, Metroid. I think that would be oh, really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because it's already, that's that's totally Metroid's thing, is you're alone. Mm. Maybe you have an AI partner or something, but uh, you're, yeah. And then, okay, then, then the short answer for that, for the bonus question is, your maiden is the baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're oh. a little baby, sweet baby Metroid. <laughs> Maybe with like a little translating thing that's telling you about stuff like that'd be really cute. Sweet baby Metroid's barbecue sauce is my favorite. I really can't yeah. get enough of it. Uh, that actually has me think best of something in the, best similar. In the um, Warhammer Forty Thousand has these concepts called space hulks. So Forty mm-hmm. K is like, in order for people to travel at faster than light speed, they have to dip into something called the warp, which is basically mm-hmm. like. I guess if you could think of it like if a ship on the surface of the Atlantic Ocean could go faster by dipping beneath the waves and like like zipping really fast for some reason, except that yeah. everything beneath the waves is like literally hell and full of demons and monsters and raw psychic energy. So you have to like dip into hell for a while to go FTL. Um, and sometimes mishaps happen there. Like your, your, your anti-Satan shields will just be like, we're not working. And like things collapse or whatever. And there's this concept of like these ships get like destroyed and lost in the warp, but then they might like collect together into this big like icky ball of destroyed ships and things like that, and that can pop back out into real space. And they call it a space hulk. It's like just all these ships that have just been slammed together over eons because time moves differently there. So you might have ships that were lost yesterday versus ships that were lost like three thousand years ago. And they might be infested with aliens and demons and all this. It's basically a space dungeon, but with all this like overlapping weird architecture because it's all these random things mushed together chaotically in space. So you could have kind of a Souls-like experience as a space marine, you know, like maybe you were part of a boarding crew and they all got lost or you got separated and you have to like work your way through this just den of horrors because it's aliens and demons and lost you know souls or whatever and you're trying to fight your way out or something like that i think you could do and it would have kind of a metroid kind of feel right you versus the elements and there wouldn't you wouldn't 
there wouldn't be an expectation of meeting like a lot of quote-unquote normal people just like hey what are you doing here you know there's no like civilization there it's just all all chaos and madness yeah yeah that sounds sick yeah i play that (laughs) um let's see uh hard rock space dad sent a gif of a turtle and asked could this be a dog yes uh, his real question, though, which would be somewhat related, did the relative massive popularity and cultural saturation of Elden Ring, especially compared to the other Souls games, have any impact on how you perceive the game as or after you played it? Uh... Hmm. I would say more that it was, I was just kind of glad that like, obviously these they're successful enough for them to have kept, kept making them, but this one spread so wildly that I was like, just enthralled that people were playing it. But then also checking the, uh, you can check the achievements on steam to see like what, com- what, how many people have gotten it. And those, you know, they have like the main milestone ones. Yeah. So you, there's a weird, like, this is funny feeling you get over like oh only you know 20 percent of the people who have the game actually beat the first boss or something oh, like that. jeez oh, <laughs> no. so, so that's uh that's a little cheeky but right um uh, i guess i don't know i don't know if that answers that question but that's sort of what i was thinking about was that oh good more people that might not finish this game <laughs> it's not their fault i get why you know somebody Excuse me. Well, somebody would turn around at that point, but it's still really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's not look at my achievements. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I will say this: the core gameplay loop is still very reminiscent of the other games that I've played. To me, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. obviously, though, I've, as I've gone on, I'm like, oh well, the freedom of the world map is is really key here, or something like that. But I definitely felt like in the moment, a lot of times, I'm like, why this one? Not that it was bad, but it's like. I couldn't. Yeah. I'm like, what is it? Feels like the other games. It was just that people were so. Uh, maybe it's a numbering thing, right? Like Dark Souls Three. Do I have to play the other two to get what's going on? Like this just feels like it's its own thing, fresh mm-hmm. start, but clearly from the same well that those earlier games were from, because it's the vaguely medieval European thing, you know, as opposed to Bloodborne and Sekiro, which have different, slightly different aesthetics and settings. So maybe it was like, look, this is your, your chance to jump on, I guess. Maybe that people took it. I don't know. I definitely, in the moment, though, I'm like, this feels like those other games. I mean, there's some changes, obviously, but I don't know why this one would have caught such fire where the other ones hadn't, necessarily. Right. Um, uh, Viceroy Icarus asks, uh, how, does the, how do the boss designs of Elden Ring differ compared to Souls? Uh, compared to other Soulsborns or and so forth, and do you feel like there are positive or negative changes? Because that's more in your wheelhouse. If you feel like the yeah. bosses are that different, are they? Hmm. They they do trend a little bit more towards humanoid. Maybe like the main ones because it's all. They do seem maybe? like people, even if they're weird. They do seem like people. Yeah, I mean thematically. If we talk about Bloodborne, like, there's, like, kind of a wolf, werewolf thing going on with that one. Um, 
I don't know if I can answer this one well enough. Because mm. they were still people-ish. How do they... Yeah. I mean, theory? from what I've seen of some of the other Dark Souls stuff, that seems a lot more like Be Not Afraid, biblically, biblically accurate kind of stuff. There seem to be more personalities for people to latch onto here, maybe? Mm. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm falling short on this one. That's okay. Uh, Sam Bagel asks, what were your builds? Uh, most frustrating bosses? Favorite weapons? Spells? I've, uh, I've been sorting and boarding and doing terrible. <laughs> I really liked... I got really attached to the Bloodhound's Fang. I kept... I There's different stuff I like playing with. So I guess like strength and... Maybe strength and int by the end of it. Uh, but I started shifting more towards like arcane and faith in order to use more like the grosser spells. Mm. Um, but I love playing around with like I have a bunch of different weird little builds or different weapons that I like to switch to. Uh, like there's like I have like a club. Oh, also like the weapon crafting in this is fantastic. It's like once I tapped into that, I saw how thorough you could get. Like I'll still fall on the Bloodhound's Fang. It's it's this like curved sword that has like a ton of bleed on it. Um, the, I have this like set where it's like two clubs and one club has bleed and the other one club, other club has frost. So uh. you're just like <laughs> bleeding and icing people as you go along. <laughs> uh, I do whips. like the bleed effect. It's really, yeah. it's really oh, satisfying it's, when that, yeah, when off. a chunk just goes off. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, I have dual whips. One whip has like fire damage. The other one has lightning damage. It's really ridiculous to use. Um, I have like an anti, I guess like anti-invader set that I would keep on me, like where one knife has rot and the other one has poison to make it as inconvenient for the invader as possible. Um, yeah, strength, like I, I love right, sort of regular damage, but then I sprinkled in some of the other stuff just for, just to make it a little bit more interesting, so... I guess strength and dex is the main thing. Winners go with uh, dex and int. I guess that's a really oh. that's a that's a winning combo. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh. Uh. Our buddy Ash asks: favorite boss could be design or the fight itself. Um. Favorite boss. I think, hmm, I I really enjoyed, like, as, as sort of chaotic as this one ended up being, there's a boss fight in the mountaintops of the giants that I really, really liked. And that, that's a, I think the, that design left a, a huge impression on me. Mm. I can't get the specifics of it yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I know I'm holding you back there. No, no, it's fine. Um, it's fine. It's just uh, fine. Razor Red asks, how maidenless did you feel in the game? And did you ever find your maiden? I feel increasingly maidenless. Like, I don't... <laughs> like, every time I fail, I'm like, this guy. <laughs> Look at this absolute maidenless behavior. Getting killed. Especially, I feel... I think the most maidenless I've ever felt was when I had like I don't know I needed like 8k to level mm -hmm. I had like 6500 yeah and I I got killed by uh one of the halberd guys 
And then I was like, all right, it's all right. I just got to run back up there and touch. It's no big deal. And then I accidentally slipped off the cliffside, like, walkway where those exiles are and the horn yeah. guy. Like, I accidentally took one step too far after a yep. block. And I was like, oh, and I was just like, yep, I am. Like, <laughs> no, not a maiden see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify that as maidenless behavior. I think it, maidenless is more like. I felt maidenless in the moment, I'll tell you, sir. <sighs> all right. I felt deeply, deeply. <laughs> Deeply, like it was embarrassing. It's like, why'd you, yeah. why'd you not level? I fell off. I fell off the the gangplank. Like, <laughs> I just like some some mean kids pushed me down. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> what about yourself? Um. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I think. Like there, you make mistakes and you get back up, and then you you make some more mistakes. Uh, what? Wait, was that another part of the question? Um, did you ever find your maiden? I mean, rainy. Season you know what? I'm gonna go back and say the most maidenless I felt was when I accidentally got a bunch of NPCs killed. Oh, what, how, what did you do? There was that. It was that story check thing. Like I, I oh, didn't no. go and see if they would be fine, and they all just died. Uh, so that was that was. I guess, I guess it was a maidenless moment. I used but to think you were cool. By the end, maybe maybe I've made things better by the end of it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I would say that the first ending. I was pretty happy with the first ending that I got. Like aside from the horrible mistake that I made. <laughs> Um, Ash also asked us, uh, you can add one game mechanic to the series to make it easier. However, it also comes with an unexpected drawback. What is it? Lobbies, but then invaders can invade twice as often. The, the lobby aspect of it, I think, would make, make more than make up for having to deal with douchebags mm. showing up. Mm-hmm. Just let's let's not do the sign is over here. Let's just let me connect. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, yes, please. I, I really would prefer. Yeah, I I don't like. There's whatever part of the brain is supposed to be tickled by the like. I have to go craft a weird stinky finger and place it near Grace to pull like that. Like I. <laughs> It seems to me like whatever part of the brain that's supposed to tickle to be like, ah, yes, this is an immersive experience. It just feels like such tedium. Yeah. Like it feels like, it feels like I went to the wrong office at a government building and they're like, oh no, you need to go to this other wing Yep. and come back on Tuesday and then you can get that done. It's just like, oh my God, why are we doing this? Who are we kidding? Um, So yeah, I, 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 I think lobbies, that would be, that would be a good addition. Um, I do kind of wish there was some way to, I don't know, like just straight up, like chuck your weapon sometimes. Like I've been playing a lot of chivalry too with some buddies and like, you can just throw anything in that game, including your primary weapons. It'd be kind of fun to just sometimes like, ah, just like chuck your sword and like, (laughs) and just kill a guy with it. Like, it'd be great to just throw, like throwing a two handed sword in chivalry two and killing somebody with it is incredibly satisfying and funny. Every time it happens, I I would really like sometimes just be like, take this magic sword and just like throw it through the head of a bad guy, um, for drawback. I don't know. That would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It it would, it would just feel so good. I think. Yeah. Um, 
drawback maybe it like i don't know gives you a bleed effect and you lose health over time for a while i don't know mm-hmm. um, i just want to throw my weapons when i get frustrated that's really your, good. your weapon is gone but your yeah. plus 25 sword is gone yeah it hits and it explodes and then that's it that weapon is just deleted yeah um how good of a boy is torrent also a, a icarus question i think torrent's a very good boy yep torrent's very a good boy, boy. Yep. the goodest um <laughs> buddy mako reaper asks uh they ask you uh, you got any advice for folks looking into playing it for the first time but said folks maybe more casual players i'm absolutely asking for myself uh look at those uh vati i think vati video no vati video does lore stuff Iron Pineapple does a lot of the um, things I wish I knew before starting. Mm. Uh, I think Vati Video might also, but also those Vati Video just just look for look for like good YouTube <laughs> YouTube content. There's some there's some interesting stuff there. Uh, maybe look at recommended builds if you don't want to try to like come up with it yourself. Like if you don't want to finagle with that yourself, it's nice to know. Hey, this is a working strategy. You just want to just try it out. Um, if you want to get more specific, you can do that later on. Like, but if you just want to, you know, install it, get going, at least have a guide map ready for you. Aside from that, right. like the game will, you know, I guess try to have fun. Maybe accept that you will lose. Uh, and if you're struggling with story stuff, like you were saying, if you're struggling with that main path of the recommended, what's it, critical path. Mm-hmm. explore a bit go run around uh fight some weaker dudes uh have some interesting encounters like because that'll that'll enrich your experience for sure right absolutely and i would also recommend um phone a friend use your lifelines yes also <laughs> to, yes to be a millionaire uh, uh references there uh having a more experienced friend help you through the early phases it's not cheating. It's, I think, essential, especially if you don't have a background with these games. Um, like, ha- have somebody else sit you down and walk through, literally walk through some levels with you. Or just, you know, like, you got on with me with the Dark Souls stuff and talked me through some of the early encounters and, like, we would work together and just kind of, like, just having somebody else there and, like, acknowledge, yeah, this is a tough part, or, oh, hey, you might want to look at this or do that. Because the game throws a ton of numbers at you. And you, there's this feeling like, am I supposed to know what this means? <laughs> yeah. It, yep. it can have. It can be nice to have someone go, you don't know what this means. Just bump this up a couple times. You'll get it. You know, just to get you going, just to get that initial. Because I think the game's reward inertia. Progress begets more progress. And it's so hard to find that early progress sometimes that doesn't feel like it was just not worth it. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, our last question here from uh, Morpho. Uh, how did you guys feel about the in-game balance? This will be more for you. I personally didn't enjoy the last few bosses because it felt way too hard to handle and way too punishing. Yeah, that last boss is the one I, I would say I struggled the most with. Um, and that's not always the case. I feel like usually like a secret boss or a side boss ends up being the one. Um, but the, it just felt super long. And maybe even being it by the end didn't feel as rewarding as, say um one of the final bosses of like Sekiro like the the path that I was on that one was I wanted to throw my controller angry but by the end of it like the victory was so 
Like I was consumed. Like it was, it was incredible. <laughs> um, when I finally pulled that one off, but this one, I don't know if it was as much. I did also find the kind of a cheesy strategy because I was getting really irritated. Mm. Um, but there, there's there's an aspect of it that like I would say this is maybe a, an overestimate, but like ninety percent of bosses can bleed, and the final boss cannot bleed, as far as I know. And oh, if that sucks, especially if you relied on bleed for so much of it. Wow. There's other, you know, there's other strategies, there's other things you can do, but if you're relying on that, like I was, oh, oh that was no, that, that seems like a pretty significant like mechanic to just not allow. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it makes bad. sense that it that it doesn't have any blood, I guess, but also, come on, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. It's not that bad, but yeah, the the that one I think was probably the one I was struggling with the most by the end of it. Because mm. I mean, there were still some strategies. There's sort of like a pin, like not pinball, like a ping pong thing that I had used with some buddies on previous bosses, where it's like, okay, draw aggro, don't do any damage, just defend and dodge. We'll do the damage, and one. And then we'll just sort of whoever whoever has aggro will do that. We'll will avoid dying, and we'll just sort of pass that around. So that kind of works. But then that the final bosses, final boss stuff towards the end of the game ends up having like a ton of AOE stuff. There there is another um, like a mini boss towards the end that had like an instant kill. As far as I know, like you just had to get really lucky with it or dodge like perfectly to not get grabbed and killed and that sucked like sucked mm. yeah um, so the, that kind of stuff i think is maybe not so great but i still enjoyed it didn't sour the experience at least to me anyway well that's good yeah that's good yeah <laughs> i still went for new game plus so i don't know Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it couldn't have been that bad, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so that was all of our questions. Thank you, everybody, for sending those in. Uh, it, it was great talking to you, buddy, about this game uh, from opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh, yes. Uh, opposite ends of the experience and time invested. But hopefully by the next time we check in, it'll be like a Xenoblade thing. I'll be like, all right, so I finished Elden Ring. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm a pro gamer now. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys next time. And you got your signing out. Oh, that's right. So, hold on, wait, what was it? Um, thanks yeah. for listening to another Super Senpai podcast. Super Senpai, uh, Super Turbo. Super Turbo. Uh, DLC free since 1993. Is that what we were doing? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Super Senpai Podcast Super Turbo, DLC free since . Super, Super Senpai, Senpai Podcast. Podcast.